To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. Things are really changing. There are good people here. People across North Carolina are proud of the fact that the Democratic Party chose to have a convention here. Don't lose hope no matter what they say, because things are starting to happen. But one thing about South Carolina you can always count on, we're always going to surprise you. In fact, I've always been proud to be a Democrat. We need to recognize that we have an opportunity here in Georgia to take back this state and make it blue again. I think Texas is not only going to turn blue, it's just a question of when. Now that will tell you that we have progressed. Join us as we explore the Southern Progressive Revival. All right. Hello, everyone listening live or on our podcast. This is Jonathan Matthews, your host, welcoming you to another episode of Southern Progressive Revival. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight, along with Kenny Pick for Southern Hospitality, host of Turn Up the Night, The Night Show, and current acting station manager here at Indie Media Weekly. So we look forward to having that conversation. But so we can get to the news at hand as quickly as possible, let's go ahead and get to our introductions. I'm going to start tonight with Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee, who is, if you didn't catch it on the weekend edition of Turn Up the Night or last night's Mic Check Radio, our new permanent co-host. Welcome, Joey. Hello, guys. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. Yes, it's good to have you, sir. And we sadly don't have a jingle for you yet, but we will very soon. And it's going to be a pretty awesome surprise for both you and all of you listeners out there. So look forward to that coming either next episode or the episode after, I believe, is the time frame we're looking at. So that should be pretty exciting. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And of course, we have our very own Ms. Producer from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri, Ms. Janet Lee, who has an update on a story that we previously reported on along with her introduction. Hi, everybody. I am so excited tonight to give you an update on a story. We had talked about earlier about Oklahoma City having the granite monument of the Ten Commandments and that they thought they were going to get by with it by uh, using private funds, even though they put it on their public property. Well, the Oklahoma Supreme Court ruled in June that that violated the Constitution, using public property to support a religious system. So a contractor from the state began removing the monument after, after 1030 at night. And the highway patrol had increased security around the monument early or on Monday. Barriers were erected to keep the visitors from getting too close and disturbing workers at the Capitol and to keep protesters from demonstrating. The legislature in 2009 um, was the one that had authorized it and it had been a lightning rod. A Baptist minister named Bruce Prescott was the one that from Norman, who is the one that had been complaining and got it started because it violated the state constitution. Former Representative Mike Reynolds, a Republican, he voted to authorize it and was one of the handful of supporters who watched as it was removed. And he said, this is a historical event. Now we know we have to change the constitution and it would be a good idea to get rid of some Supreme Court justices too. And, of course, they're going to try to fight to get it restored again. (sighs) But it got out of there. 
Yes, and as Tom says, the big lift for the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I thought it was kind of funny they did it in the middle of the night because they didn't want to, I think, because they didn't want to show support for it being removed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely do stuff like that under the Cloak of Darkness whenever they're defeated, you know. Just so nobody can they're see. Back in their little holes. Little yes. rat holes. Back in their rat holes, <laughs> indeed. Well, thank you so much for that tremendous news, Janet. Um, Adam will be on the show here at his usual time, we presume, which is usually the top of hour two. Uh, but let's go ahead and get on to our gentlefolk and situation segment with our very first story. And it would seem as though the good folks at Westboro Baptist Church made a wise decision this week. I'm going to R U N N O F T. So, yeah, after they run off. Uh, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to the news about that so that you all can understand that in context. But this is some pretty good stuff. So let's go ahead and play that audio for you now. Local students are fighting back against hate and discrimination, sending a strong message to protesters opposed to a transgender homecoming queen. KCTV5 was at Landon Patterson's when he was crowned last month for Oak Park High School. KCTV5's Heather Staggers shows us what happened when both sides faced off near the campus today. The protest started and ended peacefully without any incidents. At one time, you could hear both sides overlapping one another. Members from the Westboro Baptist Church stood on the corner of Northeast 79th Terrace and North Oak Trafficway, letting the public know just how they feel about the first transgender student to become homecoming queen. But the group couldn't compare to the several others that showed up to counter-protest the Westboro Baptist Church. It makes it even worse since they, like, made their own songs mocking it, and they're, like, playing it, I'm like... Their signs showed support of Landon Patterson of Oak Park High School and others in the LGBT community. We want to show that uh, Landon is is part of our community and a big part of the school and um, as a friend of my son's that we're, we're just here to you know, show our support for that. Ryan Sheets wouldn't allow his son to skip school for the protest, so he showed up instead. And at first, you know, it kind of angered me in a sense that they would pick on a high school student, but I understand, you know, their stance for them. But this is a stance that we're taking for our community, for, for our students and for our children, you know, that are, that are growing up in this time and era. Others protested against Westboro in support of the LGBT community, such as the United Church of Christ and students. And to see people across the street teaching that Jesus hates you for who you are deeply saddens me. It annoys me, but I try not to let it affect me that bad. I honestly feel like they're not even real. Like, I'm like, are these people serious? You know, how can you be that hateful? It didn't take long for people to stifle the Westboro protest early. Counter-protesters drove them out with chants and blocking signs. The group left about 30 minutes early. Yeah, so that is some great news out of uh, Oak Park High School in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, the home state of our very own Janet Lee. Uh, I saw that news this week and I was so excited because it wasn't even just people that support the LGBT community. It was also individuals that understood that this young lady was a part of the school, was a friend to many. Uh, The people at the school came together regardless of how they felt about lgbtq causes because of this hate group and they outnumbered them and they ran them off so i think that that is 
amazing. I am just so proud of that community coming together and doing this. And uh, I want to go to you first, Janet, because I know that we had discussed this as soon as I saw the news. And you said that this isn't the first time that Missourians have uh, (laughs) sent Westboro Baptist Church packing. Absolutely not. Um, Remember when Michael Sams was playing for uh, the University of Missouri? They, the Westboro went to the campus at in Columbia and was protesting him. And the students came out and just totally blocked him and got him out of there. I mean, there were just hundreds of people supporting Michael Sams. So it was con- it was just they wouldn't even let the Westboro people get close enough to him in order to even say anything. It was really awesome. And we even had one in the town that I live in, which is not the town that I teach in. Um, but they came to our, the high school here in town because of sex ed classes. You know, we were going to turn everybody gay and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> and everybody came out, including the football team. And they had them running within about 20 minutes. They got them out of there. And this is a little tiny town. About 2000. Wow, that that is awesome. And it really goes to show the power that a community has to make real change and to run off these hate groups. And I love what that young lady said there in the news report. You know, <laughs> looking at this, I, I don't I wonder if they're even real, because, you know, a lot of times you see these protests, Joey, um, and you see all the hate and the vitriol and you think, you know, are these people trolls what exactly is this and then you know and unfortunately they're they're legit they really do hate people that much but uh i just wanted to get your opinion on on this joey about them and and the, how the community reacted i i, I love the way the community reacted you know those people fail to realize is time 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 is changing and it's changing for the better for everyone and and i'm glad there's people out there to stand up for the community like that i'm glad and those people, I don't know what the heck wrong with those folks, but they need to wake up and smell the coffee, man. <laughs> you know? So that's my opinion on it. <laughs> exactly. I well, mean, there's... Oh, go ahead, Janet. I'm sorry. I just to say, Truman Town said that Oak Park is in Gladstone. And Tom Schaefer said Westboro Baptist Church was God-blocked. <laughs> <laughs> They were, and it, it's it's just yeah, so true up. that you you look at them, and even compared to a lot of fundamentalists, you know, and, and they're about as whacked out as you can get, Westboro Baptist Church is just insane. They are the worst of the worst, and when people see that, they're they, the same ones who protest dead, dead soldiers' funerals and stuff, yes. too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's sick, man. That's sick. Those it is sick. Come yeah. those folks, man. They, that's, they, they, wow. <laughs> well, and they all God. come from, they all come from one family too, don't they? Yep. Yep. Pretty much. I, I believe there may be one or two people that aren't in the family that attend the church, but for the most part, the vast majority of the denomination and the leadership is all from that one family. Jeez. Wouldn't you hate to be in that family? I know. Talk about hate. You spend your whole life hating others. I know, and I, ah, it is, it's, 
it's terrible and it's waste of life man it's a waste of life yeah so it's a waste of life it's it's an antithesis to certainly the way that christ would want you to behave and oh gosh i can't remember who it was but i'm glad you brought that up janet i wish that i had thought to look her up but there there was one member of their family who broke off because she just couldn't take it anymore um and she gave a in-depth interview about what it was like being a part of that family and all the abuse that they had to endure and all of the brainwashing that they all went through. And it's just terrible. It's it's really a lot like a cult. You read mm. my mind. <laughs> I was yeah. just They do sound like a cult. Yeah. Yeah, but they're doing it in the name of Christianity, so I guess that, you know, nobody is interceding or stepping in. But that's pretty much how i see them as as a cult so they certainly are not representative of the faith that i follow <laughs> just think just think if they was muslim oh i know oh. <laughs> yeah if they were muslim they would have already been blown off the face of the map so <laughs> yeah mosques you know they probably try to bomb mosques and everything thing right especially here in the south you know oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's just uh, it's they they are terrible terrible people but people are starting to come together and fight them not not only here but in the prior case there in missouri and across the country and it's great and i i love the fact that the rainbow house still stands today right in front of their church then they they get to see that every time they go <laughs> so yeah the fight yeah, against whispero was real <laughs> <laughs> and what what is really cool too about this girl <clears throat> or Landon is that excuse me I have something in my throat oh you're fine is Landon's classmates made their acceptance her, their acceptance of her through an annual nomination and voting process I mean and she got to have the crown with her mom there on the, the field I just think that's awesome it is and, uh, yeah because in Missouri you don't there's two different sections you know <clears throat> down where i'm at it's pretty darn red and as uh yeah it's pretty red <clears throat> but up north <clears throat> you have a group of people that are a lot more accepting but even down here they ran them out so i think that's hopeful oh yeah it definitely speaks to a reason to be hopeful Pe people are tired of it uh, it doesn't it matter Oh yeah, their their days are definitely numbered, and it, it doesn't matter which part of the political aisle you're on. At least for this very one issue, um, I, I think that everybody can see them for exactly who they are and the hate that they perpetrate. And I'm glad that people are coming together, regardless of their political stripes, to take them down and to take them on. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, so yes, yes much much beautiful. Uh, so we have some very interesting southern flavored news uh for all of you after the benghazi fallout uh i know that those of you who listen regularly to turn up the night and mic check radio have already heard this audio from mccarthy so many times already uh both the first time that he said that he did it for partisan purposes um and when he tried to retract his statement so i was very brief with this i just slammed them both together got the the best parts of it and put it in one audio file so i'll go ahead and play that for you real quick but once we get done with that 
we are going to tell you about the amazing Southern Democrats that are coming together to make sure that justice is served. So let's go ahead and play that audio real quick to give you a reminder on the off chance that you have not heard the story yet. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was unbeatable, right? But we put together a Benghazi special committee, a select committee. What are her numbers today? Her numbers are dropping. This committee was set up for one sole purpose, to find the truth on behalf of the families for four, for four dead Americans. Now, I did not intend to apply in any way that that work is political. Of course it is not. Look at the way they have carried themselves but out. that's not what you said. Well, no, the point, I, the point I was trying to make, and I want to be very clear about this, I wasn't saying that committee was political. That committee is solely to get the truth out. What had happened within the truth, you found out about a server. This committee's sole purpose is to find the truth why four Americans were killed that night. And that's the work they have done. That's the hearings they've done. They've been, they've been applauded by all sides of the aisle. So it's never my intention to say that. So despite McCarthy attempting to backpedal, I think that it's very, fairly obvious by the structure that this was partisan, that this was an attempt to bloody up Hillary Clinton because they felt that if they could take her down, that it would be much easier to win the White House. So this week has proven us right. It's been, uh, as Kenny said on his show, a terrible week <laughs> to be a Republican. Um, there has been a congressional aide that has come out who was involved with the Benghazi committee who has stated that it was partisan. Uh, you have the admission by McCarthy, who is attempting to backpedal as much as he can, but is not having any success. But the great news is that Florida Democrat Alan Grayson filed an ethics complaint Wednesday against House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Representative Trey Gowdy, Republican of South Carolina, alleging that they violated federal law and House rules by using official funds appropriated to the Benghazi Committee to pay political or campaign-related expenses. So, Janet, I know that you have a whole lot more on this story, and I'll let you get to it, but... <laughs> I mean, you know, we've, we've been hearing about all the fallout this week, but knowing that a Southern Democrat is coming in, is filing that ethics complaint, is making sure that these people are held responsible for what they did is awesome. I am so, so happy. Oh, I am thrilled. Um, the <laughs> Alan Grayson, I just think he is a hoot. I mean, I, I, I know he's got some problems of his own. But he is filing a complaint. He said he's tired of this new McCarthyism and the misuse of funding. Then he sent a three-page letter to the Office of Congressional Ethics, and it was obtained by the roll call. And it's, it says that he revealed the political motivations for the committee in, in his speech or his Fox no, News. I have a hard time saying Fox News. Faux Entertainment or GOP TV with Sean Hannity. Well, it is a dirty word. And <laughs> it is, it is, and it's hard to even say it, not alone listen to it. Um, <clears throat> so Grayson believes the interview made the, the wrongdoings clear and that it's for the primary purposes of getting um, Hillary just bashed by the 2016 primary season and that he's dragged out the work of the committee for 17 months. And there's continuing to issues 
subpoenas for the State Department employees and others close to the former secretary in an attempt to generate anti-Clinton information and disinformation, which really, really pisses me off. The rancor between the Republicans and Democrats over Benghazi has been ramped up, and she's been set to make her appearance before the committee on October 22nd. And a New York Times editorial call for shutting down the committee or renaming it the Inquisition of Hillary Rodham Clinton. However, (laughs) the Times, yeah, I know, but the Times themselves have had a little, have helped the Republicans quite a bit in this. Um, Tuesday night, Louise Slaughter, Democrat of New York, yeah, New York, suggested disbanding the committee. And speaker in waiting, Kevin McCarthy, when he told the truth. Uh, she said that he's a leading candidate and that um, Boner has since walked back on the comments, insisting the panel had nothing to do with politics, of course, but it did bleed over into a speakership. Grayson's, you know, like I said, he's uh, still running for his seat and he's been pl- plagued by his own ethics problems. And he's also had allegations he used official resources to boost his campaign. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know either, because it could be a witch hunt on him, because he's never been shy about saying what he wants to say. Yeah, and they do not like loudmouth liberals, uh, particularly in the South. And I I know Joey, uh, being another liberal from the South, (laughs) you know, you've told us about your experiences with your your former friend, and I'm I'm sure that you've had other experiences. I, I know you mentioned last night that you've had people going at you on Facebook, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I on the one hand... Yeah, and I deleted a whole lot of them before they come at me on Facebook, too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But Alan Grayson, I give kudos to him, though. And them guys, I think them guys need to be brought up on charges. I think that's a federal offense. Yeah, I, I really think so, too, because the funds that went into this that could have gone towards so many other things, the, the party that claims that they want to shrink government, that they don't want to use any more money than is necessary, that they want to slash the deficit, that have absolutely no problem using this money to destroy Hillary Clinton. There's something extremely wrong with that. Oh, man, they scared of, they, I think they're, they're scared of Hillary. Something something about her is making them scared. Got their panties in the water or something. <laughs> 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 something scaring them. Yeah, they're absolutely. Destroy her like that. They're trying their best to destroy her doing that. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Yeah, it's it's something else. And I mean, th- they're going to keep trying and they're going to do whatever they want to. But I can tell you the one good thing that did come out of the investigation, other than the fact that it's being flipped now and it's being seen for what it is finally by the mainstream media, which is a wonderful thing, is that the Republicans wrote possibly the best campaign ad for a democrat that they ever have hillary's newest commercial <laughs> with mccarthy's statements yeah it's it's awesome and, and it's a hillary uh supporter janet um i mean I, I know that we've talked about it before you know it doesn't matter who wins the nomination at the end of the day we're going to support him but this brings it back you know th- this has caused 
her unfavorability numbers to rise. This has caused people to associate words like untrustworthy with her. Um, now that this is coming out, that this was all politically motivated, do, do you think that this is going to be sort of the the salvation for at least that part of her campaign? Not that I'm saying that she was on her way out, but that those numbers can improve from here on out. Well, I think they can, but I'm... I think the people that are going to support her are supporting her um, no matter what. I'm more worried about the Democrats eating their own in some ways. But I do think this is going to help us, you know, as far as the Hillary supporters. Um, And I think it also shows that just by the fact that she has a vagina, they think it's all right to do this crap. And... um, this, to me, it's so misogynistic, and it just infuriates me. If it was a man, I don't know that they would be pulling some of the stuff that they're pulling. But she's a tough nut. I don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to do this. And she's got a whole year to just beat them up on this. And right now, they're eating their own. And I just hope that we, as Democrats, don't start eating our own. I certainly hope that we don't i mean joey i I know that you're a bernie supporter like me um and and even though i am a bernie supporter i'm i'm tremendously happy to see this i'm i'm so glad that this turned out the way it did that somebody finally opened mouth inserted foot um and i i want to i want to see her succeed i want her to have a chance in the primary uh and not be held back by lies and by political attacks. I mean, do do you agree with me, Joey? Oh, sure, sure. You know, I, I'm a I'm a Bernie supporter, but you know, I I support Hillary too. And 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 if she do make it as president, I want to see the uh, the Republicans' faces, like like what happened when <laughs> Barack Obama became president. <laughs> I want to see the faces. But I know they she she will probably catch hell. She won't catch more hell than, than Obama, but she's gonna catch hell. You know, you know mainly oh, yeah. because she's a Democrat and she's a woman. Exactly. Well, it's like Robert in the chat saying it's the pantsuit. She's got more alpha than they. <laughs> <laughs> she's more alpha than they are. <laughs> she is. Funny. I think that she could take any of them down and chew them up any day of the week. This is not going to stop her at all. So, and I and I do think they they keep talking about the favorability or unfavorability, but from what I've heard that isn't really what um causes whether you're going to get elected or not. That's not the polls to be watching. So I mm-hmm. you know, I do think it might soften some people. I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, I hope so, too. And yeah, the the unfavorability ratings and all that really don't have a whole lot to do with how you're going to do. I'm sure that it has, it makes a, a slight difference. It, it might be the difference between uh, a win or a loss in a really close primary election or, or in a battleground state. Um, but for the, the most part, it, it doesn't really matter. They, they haven't been able to really kill her numbers in any meaningful way um i really think that bernie sanders's rise can be attributed to bernie sanders you know i i I don't think that his success has anything to do with what the republicans have done i agree totally on that 
definitely. Somewhere. And and also too, they said that the that's of course uh, Marco Melissus of Daily Coast was saying that the poll numbers that you have to really watch are the ones who do you think will be elected? Mm -hmm. And Hillary's way way ahead, and they they said that those are the those numbers are the ones that people are kind of telling you who they're planning to vote for. Exactly, yeah. Those are those are definitely the most important ones. And electability, the person that people think has the most chance of having victory, generally has a better yeah. chance. So uh, I think that it's it's definitely looking like this is in uh, Hillary's favor. Uh, of course, it won't be over until the. Uh... It won't be over till the primaries, and I think we have um, two awesome candidates. I, you know, either one of them. Oh yeah. You know, I would vote for in and, the general. And even O'Malley, I'll, I'll give a shout out to mm. Rain since she's the only O'Malley fan I know of. But I'm sure that there yeah. are others out there. But uh, yeah, so anyway, we are going to head to a really quick break and uh, we are going to get back here to a little bit more news for uh, former Secretary of State Clinton, current presidential candidate on the Democratic side. So uh, stay tuned. We will be right back after this break. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country. So we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. This is Michael Ash Sharbaugh, host of the Broken Doorway Indie Music Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Accompanied by producer Kim Williams, proprietor of Indie Media Weekly and host of Inside Indie Media Weekly, I have the esteemed pleasure to bring you a series of interviews with some of the exciting indie artists featured on Indie Media Weekly Radio and the Broken Doorway Radio Show. 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Times, Saturdays and Wednesdays after the Broken Doorway and 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays after Kim Williams' Inside Indie Media Weekly. This is The Spoken Doorway. Enter. Are you ready for the fastest hour in radio? Listen every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern to Paul's Memory Bank exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. DJ Paul will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. Be sure to sign up in the Paul's Memory Bank chat. Simply go to IndieMediaWeekly.com, select the Live tab, and scroll down to Paul's Memory Bank. Paul's Memory Bank, live every Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only on Indie Media Weekly. Don't miss Musical Mayhem with Lauren Mayer. Topical comedy songs and commentary from your friendly local humorist, songwriter, and opinionated Jewish mother. You can catch the show right here on Indie Media Weekly on Mondays and Wednesdays at 9.30 a.m., Thursdays at 8 p.m., right after the Tim Cormall Show. 
You can catch my weekly comedy videos on my YouTube channel, Psycho Supermom, and order CDs through most major retailers as well as my website, laurenmayer.com. So join us for Musical Mayhem, where music, politics, and comedy intersect. So new? Declare your independence and reject corporate media. This is Indie Media Weekly, your number one source for independent media. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We're the people you see every day in the grocery stores. We obey the laws, we pay our taxes, we fly our flags on holidays. And we plot along trying to make it better for ourselves and our children. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival, Episode 6. Once again, I am your host, Jonathan Matthews. If you were just tuning in, uh, we just had some wonderful conversations uh, about a community coming together to get rid of Westboro Baptist Church protesters in Missouri and about uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, Benghazi gate, as many have termed it, uh, being seen for what it is and the Southern Democrat that has come out to make sure that it is defeated. So let me go ahead and welcome back to the program our very new permanent co-host, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, sir. Hello, everyone. Hello, chat room. Hello, Indian Media Weeklyites. Hello, Facebook and News, my Southern News, my Twitter tweeters. <laughs> You're getting better at this, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome Thanks, back. Man. Oh, not a problem. And of course, uh, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks area, Missouri. Welcome back, ma'am. Well, thank you. Hello, everybody, for in the chat and who's listening. And my sister, Joe, who just texted me and said, Hillary could smash him with her purse. Damn. Yes, she could. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, as I said before break, we have some uh, more Clinton news. Uh, and, of course, we're bringing you more Clinton, not only because Janet Lee loves her, but because she is the former First Lady of Arkansas. So, you know, she is an honorary Southerner for all intents and purposes. So we are going to go ahead and get to that. She came out this week against something that a lot of us Democrats feel very strongly about, and I was glad to hear it. So let's go ahead and hear that audio now, and uh, we will let Joey start off the conversation this time. Well, I have said from the very beginning that we had to have a trade agreement uh, that would create good American jobs, raise wages, and advance our national security. And I still believe that's the high bar we have to meet. I have been trying to learn as much as I can about the agreement, uh, but I'm worried. I'm worried about currency manipulation not being part of the agreement. We've lost American jobs to Uh, the manipulations that uh, countries, particularly in Asia, have engaged in. I'm worried that uh, the pharmaceutical companies may have gotten more benefits and patients uh, and consumers fewer. I think that there are still a lot of unanswered questions, but for me, uh, it really comes down to those three points that I made and the fact that we've learned a lot about trade agreements in the past uh, years. Sometimes they look great on paper. Uh, I know when Uh, President Obama came into office. He inherited a trade agreement with South Korea. 
I, along with other members uh, of the cabinet, pushed hard to get a better agreement. We think we made improvements. Now looking back on it, it doesn't have the results we thought it would have in terms of access to the markets, right. more exports, et cetera. So are you saying that as of today, this is not something you could support? What I know about it as of today, um, I am not uh, in favor uh, of what I have learned about it. So yeah, Joey, I mean, there are a lot of naysayers that I've already read right now who are saying that because Sanders is in this race, he's pulled Hillary farther to the left. And that's the reason that she's come out against the TPP agreement. But as far as my opinion on it is concerned, I don't care what the reason is. Um, the, the TPP was disastrous for the United States. It was disastrous for our jobs in the same way that NAFTA was. Or, uh, yeah, NAFTA. Um, so, I mean, uh, aren't, aren't you... Uh, I just I just want your opinion. Actually, I don't. First of all, I, I don't know what your opinion is on the TPP. And uh, secondly, are you glad to hear Ms. Clinton come out against this? Uh, sure, man. Because uh, there's some foul stuff going on with that, and uh, uh, trade agreements and everything with North Korea and all that. Okay, uh, with the Asian whatever and. I really don't have too much to say, but I do agree with it. Well, I am very glad to hear that. And uh, Janet, I know that you, uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain that you've said in the past that you were against the TPP. Is that yes, correct? Definitely. Yes, that's definitely correct. And so I was glad to hear her come out. And she did say in her book, Hard Choices, that she would be coming out as she learned more about the final deal. So I even if even if let's say even if the Bernie people are right and that she's doing this to pull you know that Bernie pulled her to the left who cares mm -hmm. she you know she came out with the right decision and it's not like anybody's going to pass a purity test as John Fugelsang says you know you can't nobody's going to be 100% on all things but I believe her. I, you know, it doesn't matter what she says. People are going to say it's not authentic or whatever. But can, is there anybody in this world or the country that knows all, much more than she does about how this stuff goes on? She was in at the beginning part of it. Um, and she said she was worried about the pharmaceutical companies, that they've gotten more benefits. And patients and consumers have gotten fewer She's always been um, a workhorse for, you know, the uh, medical issues. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you came. I'm glad she came and spoke. With, you know, because at first, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of liberals on her butt about it. You know, they was, you know, on her, and I'm glad she spoke, and I'm proud of that. Yeah, and so, it's me too. And it's one of those things, and uh, uh, Janet, you might want to check your mic, by the way. You're coming through a little bit cloudy. Um, this is one of those things that the majority of the Democratic Party came out against. Um, there are a handful of us that are for it. I, I'm sure some of our, there may even be one or two of you listening right now that are for the TPP. Um, but this is something that, you know, Bar Barack Obama decided to go for. Um, it's something that he supported. And I, I know that as a show, you know, there's this expectation that we are supposed to fall lockstep with the party. 
and support anything a Democrat does and support what our president does. But I think at least in this one area, when it comes to this trade agreement, that President Obama got it wrong. And the fact that it was shrouded in so much secrecy and that so few knew so little about it for so long was really disconcerting. It it, it bothered me. And um, I, I don't think that it takes away from the many good things that President Obama has done. He's done a whole lot of, of great of great things for this country. Um, but, you know, in, in a way, I think that this is perhaps his NAFTA. NAFTA, I don't think, was a very proud aspect of Bill Clinton's uh, presidency. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, just to have her come out against this is is tremendous news, uh, you know, like, like we're all saying. We, we really don't care what the reason is. As long as she's against it and we get to keep jobs at home, that is an amazing <laughs> thing. So we, we are super, super happy about that. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, there there was a little bit of contention after this. Um, from O'Malley, who criticized Clinton for foot-dragging shortly after the news broke while speaking with reporters at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute Conference. Um, He said that he was against the Trans-Pacific Partnership months and months ago. Um, He said that he believed we need to stop stumbling backward and into bad trade deals. And, you know, that's fine and everything, but it... San... You know, th- this is why I love Sanders. He 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 didn't go there. You know, he what he said was, you know, he'll he'll let the media speculate on whether Clinton uh, would have taken the stance if if he weren't in the race. Um, and he said that all he can tell you is uh, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline, whether it's TPP. These are issues that uh, he has had a very strong opinion on from day one. And he can simply say that he's delighted that Secretary Clinton is on board. So. You know, I, I, I hate the fact that O'Malley took this as an opportunity to strike out against her. I'm glad that uh, Bernie Sanders took the high road on the issue. Um, but yeah, this uh, we haven't seen a lot of infighting, though. So so thankfully, hopefully it will only remain with this one thing. But we have the debate coming up. So um, what what do you guys think? Do you think that this will be brought up during the debate? Um, I think O'Malley will bring it up. I don't know about Bernie, um, what he's going to say. I I don't think so. I don't think that he's into that kind of stuff, you know, just trashing other people, you know? Yeah. I don't know if any, I don't know who will bring it up, but I don't think Bernie will either. I think the other guy will, you know, but I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Yep. We will see. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, have, I will have my face glued to the laptop because I don't watch television anymore. So <laughs> I'll be watching online. So we will see. There you go. And of course, that debate is this Tuesday. Um, and for those of you who are listening, if you've never checked it out or if you are a longtime fan, uh, since Kenny Pick is going to be on tonight for Southern Hospitality, I'll go ahead and give him a plug. He is having a all reverse call-in special on Tuesday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so that we can all get off in time to watch the debate, uh, speculating what we're going to hear in the debate, what we hope to hear, what we hope to see. Um, so that should be a pretty fun show, and I hope that you all will tune in for that. Um, it should be pretty exciting. Uh, whenever Kenny gets these uh, crazy ideas, they usually work out much better than any of us ever expect. 
because he is indeed the master of liberal talk radio. But um, <laughs> Kenny is brilliant. Are you the man, Kenny? You the yes, man, bro. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> All right, so we have gotten through our gentlefolk and situation segment a little bit early, but that's okay because we have a ton of stories tonight. Uh, we are going to go ahead now and uh, switch over to Gander at the Soapbox. So everybody stay tuned and we will get to that. Gander at the Soapbox. Gosh darn it, who diddly I'm conservative. What do you have a higher opinion of, Congress or dog poop? I think the, I think the report's full of crap. My goodness, I didn't know solid waste management was so controversial. We'll have more of everything. We were discussing disease, we were discussing all sorts of things tonight. You know, I apologize, we left the helicopter at home. You know, I, I don't have to defend everything that I've ever done. Isn't that the Tea Party in a nutshell? Republican on Republican violence. There isn't a Republican party. I humbly ask for your vote whenever you're going to get to vote, whenever the primary is. So in love. All right, everybody, welcome to Gander at the Soapbox, where we look at the folks, politicians, and uh, organizations that are speaking out in the South or who are visiting the South. Um, I, I have to say, uh, uh, Joey, out of curiosity, can, can you sing as well as President Obama? Oh, no. <laughs> Man. Oh, no. Gosh, I, I had all these. I can't carry a tune with a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we will have to get some voice lessons for Ms. Janet Lee then so that we can cut a record deal and get some fun in here for Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, well, and I'll bring Alma in and she can sing John Denver. There you go. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, we, we can't play it live, but Janet played this awesome recording that her granddaughter did of, um, uh, country West roads. country roads. And John Denver. it was so adorable. She's, <laughs> she's quite the little singer to be her age. <laughs> She's a hoot. She sang herself to sleep. I held her last night, and we did uh, John Denver, and she only knows that one verse, you know. No. So we just kept going back and forth, back and forth. Mountain, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We'll have to see if we can uh, get her on the program one night to sing us all a song. So. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that would be exciting. But uh, yes, yeah, so without any further ado, uh, Janet is going to be talking a whole lot this program because we have several stories without audio. Uh, but it would seem that a former Republican representative has some regrets in light of recent gun tragedies. Uh, so with that said, I hand the mic over to you, Miss Janet Lee. Well, former representative Jay Dickey, he's uh, from Arkansas, and he was best known for his amendment that restricted federal funding into gun violence research that passed in 1996, all right? Countless gun deaths later, he's wondering if that was such a good idea after all. He said, I wish we'd have started the proper research and kept it going all this time, Dickey, an Arkansas Republican told the Huffington Post. I have regrets. Well, I bet you do, Representative Dickey. Mm-hmm. At first, the House tried to close down the CDC's entire 
46 million National Center for the in, for Injury Prevention. When that failed, he stepped in with an alternative to strip 2.6 million from the agency that had spent uh, they had spent that on gun studies the previous year. He was going around proclaiming a victory, an end, he said, to the DCC's attempt to raise emotional sympathy around gun violence. But so then the agency went on and they've been going along now petrified of doing any kind of research on gun violence and making the costs of the amendments clear to even Dickey himself. And really, I have to say kudos to him because he came out and said, this was really kind of a dick move, you know. And uh, oh, Dickie, yeah, <laughs> it's in <laughs> the name. A pun, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as Grimmy says. <laughs> Without public policy research, the public policy becomes harder to make, and so it's worked almost completely. The ban was initially applied just to the funding for the Center for Disease Control. And then it went on to the National Institutes of Health, and then Congress expanded it. And if there's no research, it's harder to make suggestions for policy research, said uh, Garen Wintermute, director of the Violence Prevention Research Program at the University of California in Davis. And if your invested interest is stopping policy reform, what better way to do it than choke off research? It was brilliant, and it worked. And my question is, how many people have died as a result? So, I mean, I'm just infuriated with this. So, it's a little late and a little too little, but he does feel bad about it, supposedly. But the blood of all those people killed and maimed by blood violence isn't exclusively on your hands because, you know, there's plenty to go around. All the oh. same, he's managed for current lawmakers, I tell them there's research and there's research. And I would point to this little highway barricade fence and say that research has done some good. Absolutely. Does, uh, does Dickie <laughs> Donna Dickie? <laughs> well, he's got a little conscience. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it, 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 is, it is way too late. For, for him to come out saying this. But the fact that he said it is all, you know, I, I think that we need to give him kudos for that. It takes a lot of bravery, especially as a Republican, uh, to I come out. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's really admirable. And I hope that his guilty conscience will move him enough to actually work toward reversing this thing that he started. Because, I mean, they, they even choked off funding to the NIH, to do research on this. And as you said, you know, the blood isn't exclusively on his hands, uh, Joey. The, the blood is also on the hands of the NRA. They are the ones that keep pumping these conservative politicians' pockets full of money to make sure that nothing is done, even the most simplistic possible gun restrictions that we could apply just to curtail some of this. Uh, it, it's not happening because of of, of folks like him in the past, uh, now that he's seeing the light, I'm glad, but mostly because of the NRA. Yeah, and and, 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 one, and another reason why they tripping with all this mess is they're they doing their best to stop any bills to pass because the scary black Frankensteins in office, you know, <laughs> and you know, 
it's 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 hell, man. It's hell. And these these I don't I don't know I don't I don't even think they deserve the respect to be called Republicans because mm-hmm. it ain't no Republican Party anymore, man. It's just a bunch of hooligans now. Yeah, hooligans pretty and crazies and sociopaths. Exactly. Yeah, and and none of them are willing to look past the money. Their their consciences yeah. are just so easily bought on this subject and and it kills me and we recorded an episode that will hopefully never air because uh it would mean that we couldn't be on the air uh but we we had an interesting conversation about that you know about how when the stuff happened at uh umqua community college the the massacre um that it's it's just become a daily occurrence and, and nothing's happening. But, uh, you know, Joey, you, you said that, you know, a lot isn't getting passed because of the color of president Obama's skin, which is, I, I agree with you 100%. And you know, some, it's some, some parts of it, you know, but mm. it's a lot of things they, they doing to, to, to just to ruin this man. And they trying to, they even trying to rewrite history, you know, trying to just just erase the whole bush pre bush presidency and 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 knew knew they was wrong about a whole lot of things like uh the uh war with iraq you know and and knowing those two last that two last president or what the last president last vice president should be brought up on war crimes and his whole cabinet yeah i wish that they would be but um barack obama wouldn't do it Mm-hmm. You know, or even trying to be right. Yeah, and and the and the Patriot Act, you know, that's not the Patriot Act, that's the Fascist Act. You ask me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah they had a... that thing. They had that thing written before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So they was gonna put it in regardless. So they're gonna find some kind of way to put the Patriot Act in as law. Yep, and erode our civil and constitutional liberties. And that's all that it was. And it's it's terrible that it still exists today in many ways. And it's it's sort of hard to believe. And sometimes you have to sit back and, you know, the profoundness of it, the fact that they took advantage of a national tragedy in order to pass that legislation and the fact that it's lasted this long, yeah. it's it's just mind-boggling. And but... He had the power to demolish it too, man. He had the power to do that. He did. I yeah. guess you know they was you know they was on his ass, and I guess he was like, forget it. You know, I don't know what he, I don't know what the man was thinking, but I, I I really don't know what goes on in Washington, man. It's more than what we know that goes on in that White House. Oh yeah. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know half the things what go on in that place and what people saying to that man, what people doing. You know, we don't. No, I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theory or something like that. But you know, you don't. We don't know. Oh no, I I understand it. I mean, you know, there has to be to some degree a lot of backhanded conversations and exchanges of money because you know that's just the way that politics works. And I I don't think that that's an incredibly uh, crazy thing to say. Um, you know, there there are concessions that have to be made uh, at sometimes uh in order to make people happy and in order to get bigger things done uh so i'm sure that 
the fact that Ixil exists is is probably in in some manner tied intrinsically to all the good that Obama has done, and he he chose his fights. But uh, you know, it, it's like I said on that episode that'll never air when he came out after <laughs> the Umqua Community College shooting. I love that President Obama. He is yeah. awesome. Now that he's nearing the end of his term, he just does not care anymore. So <laughs> he don't have an yeah, F look, to give. Yeah, he's. I bet she's saying I'm gray, and these people getting on my damn nerves now. My very last one. That, that's, that's what they say here in the south. They're getting on my damn nerves now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So Janet, so I, I saw it. His, I saw. I saw. Looked at that, and I saw it. You know, so I saw his face and the way he was talking. He was pissed. He was oh yeah, pissed. yeah. That was raw emotion, and I, I loved it. It was awesome. If if he had been able to be that way from day one, we would have gotten a whole lot done. But you know, he but, tried but, his. But, he know, tried his best. Part was there. The broken part would have said, "Oh, he's the angry black man." Da, 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 yep. da. You know, he's a fascist he's a tyrant he's this he's that you know they already saying it now it would have been amped you know <laughs> it would have been amped even more if he would have came out like that in his first turn yep exactly uh and uh i i want to ask janet one more question before we get a break and uh once we come back we will get to more here on gander at the soapbox uh but janet if hillary is elected the next president of the united states uh barack obama has dealt with a lot just because of the color of his skin. Do you think that Hillary will have a harder time getting any meaningful gun control legislation passed because she's a woman? Oh, I think they're going to give her a ration of crap, but I personally think that she has been in there um, and had works the system, knows the system, and I think that she's going to be able to, you know kick balls and take names. I mean, I really do. I uh, <laughs> I think she's going to go she going to she's going to figure out a way to get around it. You know, she's just she's I I do. I really do think that she's going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, there's a whole lot to be said for experience and I I do hope that you were right, Janet. Well, and Snork says he thinks that Hillary's going to get 100 times the crap, and that's probably true. You know, because she is a female, but I think that's going to make her even more determined. I certainly hope that it does. I, I hope that she takes uh, a page from what President Obama has been through, if if indeed she does win the presidency, um, and, and sees that, you know, you're pretty much damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, if you're a minority in this country. So if you get elected to that office, just go at it full throttle yep. and, and do your best. Yep. So, that's the only right. way you can do it. Pretty much. All right, I so we're going to... Well, want me to be president. So exactly. I, I promise you, I promise you, I, my, 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 uh, my presidential limo, limo would, would be a lowrider. My cat will be known for women, blacks, and Mexicans. <laughs> She's going to be the original deflate gator. There you go. It's in. <laughs> all right folks we are gonna you're fine you're 
But I'll be, you know, I'll be real tough on it, though. Yeah, you see this face. I'm not a black man no more. I'm an institution now. There you go. That's what he is. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. All right, so we are going to go ahead and uh, head to another break here real quick. Uh, since it is the top of the hour, we are going to go ahead and play the High Tower Lowdown for you this week. And uh, this week gets a little bit of good news, so hopefully that'll be refreshing. So stay tuned. We will be right back here with you on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. We have been the instrument of change in the past. We know what needs to be done. We know how to do it. We know that we can impact policies which affect education, human rights, civil rights, economic and social opportunity. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Hear about an unsung hero today on Hightower Radio. Toward the end of his life, the civil rights champion and Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall was asked how he wanted to be remembered. He did the best he could with what he had, Marshall replied. That's really the most any of us can do, and those who achieve it tend to make a lasting contribution to bettering our world, no matter who they are. Luckily, there are many such people across our land, working in our neighborhoods, cities, states, and occasionally at the national level, including Reverend Everett Parker, who recently died at 102 years old. In the early 1960s, he noticed that many television and radio stations were blatantly racist. They refused to cover the African-American community, ignored civil rights news, openly used on-air slurs and racist portrayals of black people, had no integrated programming, and failed to hire minorities. Others noticed this same institutional racism, of course, but Reverend Parker decided to do something. As the communications director of the United Church of Christ, he began to monitor stations and file actions with the FCC, the federal overseer of our public airwaves. In 1964, the commission conceded that Parker was correct, that discrimination was rampant, but decreed that viewers had no standing to challenge a station's license. But Parker kept pushing, and five years later, he and we won a court ruling that, quote, a broadcast license is a public trust subject to termination for breach of duty. Since then, he and such allies as public citizen organized volunteers to monitor stations, demand reforms, and train minority broadcasters. This is Jim Hightower saying, over time, by simply doing the best he could, Reverend Parker's initiative and tenacity helped alter the whole industry's guiding ethic, recognizing, in his words, that to serve the public interests, they must, quote, serve all the public. Hightower's commentaries are brought to you by the Hightower Lowdown, the monthly newsletter with Hightower's populist take on what the powers that be are up to. Find out more at HightowerLowdown.org. everybody, Kim Williams here, proprietor of IndieMediaWeekly.com and IndieMediaWeekly Radio. We invite you to check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice, a Facebook community that many of us are a part of here at Indie Media Weekly. Many of our contributors and listeners are as well. So if you're a fan of Facebook, you should check out Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice and join us. We are ready to fight, and we hope you are too. And we hope to see you there. Just search for Ready to Fight for Liberals and Justice anytime you're on Facebook. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show. 
every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show. Features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your requests every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hour 2 of Southern Progressive Revival. I would like to welcome back our very own Ms. Producer, Miss Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, with her jingle, which I unfortunately forgot to play last week. So we're going to make up for that now. Janet became a star, literally overnight. She had not gone looking for fame. Fame had found her. I know that I cannot put up with a whole weekend of your archaic views. You don't want to make me mad now, do you? It is never too late to run away. Janet Lee on Southern Progressive Revival. Well, I am a modern woman. I'm more afraid of her than I am of you. All right. <laughs> Welcome back, Janet. Hi, everybody in the chat and listening and my sister joe <laughs> yes indeed hello joe thank you so much for being a loyal listener to the program and uh, of course i would like to welcome back uh, our very brand new permanent co-host uh, the fill-in for lisa chapel now on a permanent basis mr joey word from nashville tennessee whose name i can finally get right every time i say it it's a miracle <laughs> hello guys hello everyone in the chat room love you all man everybody listening love you all Yes, indeedy. And unless my eyes deceived me, I believe that we have Mr. Adam Hebert, host of Mike Check Radio, on the program with us now. Are you there, sir? This week on Biography, Janet Lee. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do a good Peter Graves, but I can't do a good Peter Graves, rest of the soul. Yes, I am here. Well, welcome, sir. It's good to have you on to and be a part just, of the conversation. And you're just in time. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Have hats. I'm like Tuxedo Mask in that regard. I have impeccable timing. You too, absolutely. I just don't have the stylish tuxedo or, you know, the roses to throw around. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, this next story, I know, Adam, you are going to have a lot to say about it. Joey probably as well. Uh, But I'm going to let Janet get the first word on this because this really royally royally got her so we are going to turn our attention to presidential candidate and senator from south carolina senator lindsey graham uh who made a request that runs contrary to what he stated were his uh feelings about what the federal government should fund so let's go ahead with that audio and let janet get the first word in 
all working as a team. And I think we really don't know yet. Now's the time. Just to, the next couple of days, there's more water coming down our state. These people, the communities you see, there's more water coming from the upstate. So rather than putting a price tag on it, let's just, you know, get through this thing and whatever it costs, it costs. The uh, critic, your critics are already saying you want federal funding to help the people of South Carolina. But correct me if I'm wrong, you voted against that federal funding package for the folks in New Jersey during Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I'm all for helping the people in New Jersey. I don't really remember that, <laughs> me voting that There was way. a big relief package, apparently yeah. you, a lot of other southern senators and yeah, representatives I, I, voted against. Yeah, well, anyway, I don't really recall that, but I'd be glad to look and tell you why I did vote. No, if I did. Pretty uh, kind-hearted fellow. Folks in South Carolina have uh, Chuck Schumer calls, and uh, we've tried to be there for other friends and neighbors, so hope they'll be there for us. Yeah, no, we did check, and you did vote okay. against that yeah, Hurricane Sandy relief package. Look at it and tell you why. Uh, yeah, so everybody listening, please gird your loins as we are letting Janet Lee free. Please eviscerate Senator Kraken. What an asshole. He doesn't remember. What has he got? The same thing Reagan had? Or is he taking medication? He doesn't remember voting against the Sandy Relief Funds? Is he? What the hell? What does he think? We're all stupid? Oh, my God. I, I, just, I just, oh, I just wanted to go through the screen and just beat the shit out of him. What a jerk. Oh my God! I I don't remember voting for that. <laughs> oh, I, I okay. I'm sorry, you guys. Mm, no, no, we we love it. it. Any time that you're able to release your inner kraken, we always are very appreciative of that. <laughs> so uh, I I went. <laughs> the mic over to Adam, but uh, yeah, Janet, th thank you. That that was an awesome evisceration. Yeah. Uh, the fact matter is, this is Lindsey Graham doing what conservatives do best, and that is being shamelessly hypocritical. When it's, you know, a blue state suffering, well, we have to pay for it. It has to be on the books, blah, blah, blah. When it's a red state suffering, oh, don't worry about the cost, just do, do, do. Uh, you know, look, I, here's the thing. If Democrats were like Republicans, they would all vote against this as revenge for what they did last time. However, because we're actually decent human beings and we don't look at where people are suffering, we just notice people suffering, they're going to get their aid. But, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that Lindsey Graham is a huge asshole and a hypocrite. You know, again, when if, this, if something happens in Texas, we're supposed to drop everything and rush to their aid. But if something happens, say, Illinois, well... <laughs> You know, there's just a bunch of N-words up there in Chicago. They, they'll be okay. You know, you know. Yeah, that's... Well, and, Go ahead, Janet, sorry. And Mother Jones said, you know, they have an idea why he forgot. Because he voted against it, they said, because of the nomination of Chuck Hagel. He was pissed about the fiscal cliff negotiations, the national debt. He wanted to make a point. He was pissed over sequester caps. He was pissed over flood insurance. He was pissed over the pork and the aid bill. He didn't think about it. And that's why it just slipped his frickin' mind. And that came out of Mother Jones. Well, they didn't say slipped his frickin' mind. I did. <laughs> God. 
Yes. You know, yes. It just it just goes to show that you know the South, for all their talk about secession, they're basically a bunch of parasites on the North. They can't survive without us. Um, you know we uh, they we rebuilt them and look how they treat. You know, I. I it, it, it's ridiculous. And, you know, like I said, if we weren't decent human beings, we would tell Lindsey Graham to go pound sand. You know, that's that's the problem with being the adult in the room, though. You know, that's the problem. That's the problem with being a liberal. You have the burden of always being right and always being the better person. Yeah. It and goes to show it goes to show how uh, how they lie so much. They forget what they say in the end. You know, that's oh, my. God, dude, they lie so much that they forget, and 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 they be hypocritical. They they double double down. They pull talking points out of their ass, you know, and, and just just wasting people's time, man. And yeah. Wasting air. You ask me, like like uh, Adam be saying, just <laughs> wasting, just wasting, wasting my air. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> They are, and 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 it's individuals like him that give the South a, a bad name, and 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 not to you know uh, combat what you what you said, Adam, because I, I know where your heart was. I know that you're talking about the conservatives the here. Lindsay and- is the 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 rule, not the exception. Okay, that's the attitude of the majority of Southerners. You know, that's just the truth. You know, there are good people in the red states. But the fact matters, Lindsey Graham represents the mainstream, and it's a pretty virulent strain of hate for anyone who dares to not disagree, who dares to not agree with them. Okay, uh, so with that, we are going to go ahead and move on to our next story. Uh, I found this amazing because, uh, as many of you might have guessed by now, I am not a very big fan of Carly Fiorina. So, Chris Matthews this week had some interesting things to say about her and uh it's very short but i thought that it was uh deserving enough of being played here on the air so let's go ahead and get to that audio now as carly fiorina rises to the polls she's facing new scrutiny that she doesn't pay her campaign staffers after she lost that 2010 senate race out in california talk of her being a deadbeat the washington post reported today that among the staffers who weren't paid at the time was fiorina's top pollster he died a month before election day and his widow didn't receive the pay he was owed thirty thousand bucks hmm. so yeah fiorina uh if you work for her don't expect to get paid whether it be at hp whether it be for her political campaign uh, for the presidency or when she attempted and fell on her face running for Senate in California. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a dead man, a dead man, a man who died that worked for her, who she did not pay her that the, the family needed that money and she didn't pay them. How do you have what kind of a person? I mean, the. I'm going to have to hand the mic off to one of you, so one of you, please grab the conversation. But just hearing this from her, it you doesn't me surprise me, but it's person. terrible. Why do they support these type people, man? Why? Because it makes them feel good about being assholes. You know, again, they're always looking to justify their bad behavior, and so they can point at someone like Carly Fearing and say, well... You know, someone in her position says, this, you know, feels the same way I do. So that must mean it's okay. 
You know, it's the same thing about Donald Trump, which is basically he's saying things out loud that have become socially unacceptable to, you know, to say out loud. And so they look to him as some sort of idol, you know. Yeah, it's, oh gosh, it's terrible, but Janet, oh my gosh, you brought this audio to my attention. I, I know that you had to go through the uh, misfortune of having heard this three times now, but um, yeah, <laughs> what, what do you what do you think about this? I think she's just a hypocrite, and I think that she also thinks we're all stupid, and really people in the South aren't stupid, and I don't think they're that virulent but we've been boxed in by gerrymandering so bad that it's hard to kind of break out but hopefully we do some damage this next election but she failed to in her her 2010 presidential bid against Robert Boxer she didn't pay that one and a three quarter million dollar loan to her campaign she paid herself back that money but didn't pay that other half a million in debts until she was just before she was running for president Mm -hmm. what and then in group speak they said oh it was a political miracle hallelujah (laughs) (laughs) but you got to remember this is a woman that got taken out of uh sarah palin and um her campaign because she kept getting caught in her lies Mm -hmm. you know the woman cannot open her mouth without telling a lie and then there was that um, abortion thing that she went through so and they were showing her um, walking down the road with reporters trying to get her pinned down on not paying this dead man's family back and she was like all of her bills have been paid off all of her bills paid off and then details been the Washington Post throughout there saying that she was financially, ran that as financially poorly as she'd run Hewlett Packard. Mm-hmm. And the Washington Post is not left-leaning. But even they are they ran a couple of articles about her. Yeah. You know? And how do you not pay a widow back? I mean, widows and babies. It's been a while since I've read the Bible, but isn't there's something in there about that yeah yeah we we have a moral and religious obligation um i mean i I think all of humanity has an obligation personally but um yeah to 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 take take care of the least of these and they are certainly the least of these they um you know when you become a widow you're put in a very difficult position uh not only emotionally but financially in a lot of circumstances and of course children have no way to take care of themselves they're completely dependent on us um but what really got my goat was that uh you know carly fiorina's former campaign manager said that he repeatedly urged her to make good on what he owed the shoemate family which might i say is a final paycheck in the amount of thirty thousand dollars but in his words she just wouldn't do it no, and he isn't he is he the one that said that um, if you lose a campaign, why should you get paid? If they didn't lose the campaign, Fiorina and her little lion mouth lost the campaign. Yeah, yeah, she completely ran. Oh gosh, that that was an interesting campaign. I have to say that much, but at least she made it easy for us to win. Well, so kudos to her for and, that. 
Yeah, and Hillary Clinton paid back hers, even though she lost to Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And she was in bigger debt than uh, the arena. Oh, yeah. She definitely was. Particularly there at the end when, you know, she was still holding on and everything was neck and neck. But she still did it because it was the right thing to do. But Carly Fiorina apparently does lacks that moral sense, that reason that anybody else should have. That, you know, these people work for you. They did their best. You screwed it up. It wasn't their fault. So you need to pay them. Yeah. And I was really, really glad that it was on... Um... Chris Matthews, that, that she's starting to get some negative press because mm -hmm. she was a little darling, but her numbers have gone back down to seven, seven percent. And she had, you know, shot right up there behind yeah. Dr. <laughs> Idiot and <laughs> the orange man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the other orange clown. <laughs> Right <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't even got shit to Shinola yet. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, mouth man. is just running tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. Jo Joey, did you have something else to say? No, uh, no only thing I can say is, you know, the uh, the they uh, the people they they low down, man. That's that's low not to pay a dead man's family. Mm -hmm. for, for the hard work that he put in, you know, even though he was on the wrong side of the aisle, but you know, that's that's wrong. And I'm glad Chris Chris Matthews uh, pointed it out, though. I'm glad he did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm glad her numbers dropped too after that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to get to one more bit of audio before we get a break, and then get to don't know shit from applesauce. Um, it was hard to pick out where to put this. And uh, as you might have noticed, this is a very Hillary-heavy show. Um, but, but there really wasn't a good category for it. But anyway, uh, comedian... Um, uh, crud. What is his name? I had Larry Wilmore. Yes, thank you. Comedian Larry Wilmore. Um, on his show on Comedy Central. Decided to... Show. Yes, the nightly show. Um, decided to come to the defense of uh, Hillary Clinton uh, because of a number of criticisms that she's been facing from the media in a variety of areas. And it's it's a little lengthy. I cut it down as much as I could. But I'm going to go ahead and play it, and we'll get some quick responses from everybody. We'll we'll start with, with uh, Adam, since he's got the, the short end of the stick so far tonight. Um, and then we will head to break after that. But let's go ahead and get that plan. All right, so on the Democratic side, the race is more confusing than whatever's happening on Miley Cyrus's hair. <laughs> so what's the key to victory in this election? Perceived authenticity. It's authenticity. Authenticity. Authenticity, which is kind of one of the buzzwords of this election cycle. Authenticity matters a lot in this election. Those candidates who are, can, or at least come across as being more authentic, are having more success. Look at Donald Trump and look at Bernie Sanders on the liberal side. Okay. <laughs> I love that Donald Trump has become an ex example of authenticity, right? <laughs> Saying that Mexicans are rapists and John McCain got captured by the Viet Cong because he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, that's authenticity. He, he's speaking to me, right? So why isn't Hillary mentioned on that list? She doesn't seem authentic. Voters say the first words that come to mind for Clinton are liar, 
dishonest and untrustworthy. Really? She's the untrustworthy Clinton? Really? You know what I'm saying. I mean, am I the only one who was alive in the 90s? Did we forget what the meaning of is was? See how I did that? Okay, what is it exactly that uh, the people have against Hillary? They just don't connect with you. They don't trust you. They might not like you. Oh, that really hurts my feelings. I have to tell you. Of course it does. That's the meanest thing anyone can say to you. Hey, have you heard? Everybody hates you. But uh, this is the thing that I don't understand about our political discourse, okay? We're impressed with somebody who says blatantly racist things and communicates through Twitter slams and misogynistic put-downs of reporters, but we're repulsed by someone who is beyond experience, extremely smart, and actually has ideas that involve compound sentences. Here she is presenting herself in front of America again. And so what's our problem with her this time? Hillary is coldly calculating right now. Hillary Clinton more calculating. Hillary Clinton is an attorney and she kind of sounds like one when she speaks. She doesn't talk about emotion. She pivots right to such carefully produced talking points and she's so careful. She's too polished. She thinks too much. She thinks too much? How f***ing refreshing. All right, so <laughs> we're uh, going to do a sort of a quick roundtable on this so we can get the break, uh, starting with Adam and then Joey and uh, finishing up with uh, with Janet. But uh, Adam, yeah, um, Trump authentic. Um, and uh, please forgive me if I'm wrong and I'm misremembering, but I remember the key judgment against her during the 2008 election was that she was too soft when she cried in New Hampshire, that she was too much of a woman. But this time around, she's too tough. Yeah, look, the fact that first of all, uh, I, I'm offended that uh, whoever whoever that person was, uh, Larry Wilmer, would consider Megyn Kelly a journalist. She's not. <laughs> uh the, uh, as someone who actually tries to practice journalism on occasion. Um, yeah, uh, look, the storyline is we hate Hillary Clinton. They're going to do whatever it takes to enforce that story. Basically, uh, you know, network cable news is like wrestling. Um, I, I, I just don't know what else to say. <laughs> I understand. That's fine. Uh, yeah, All it's... Right. All I have to say is you can't get more no more authentic than Hillary though. You know. That's all I have to say. She's authentic to me. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Now I remember what else I was gonna say. I'm sorry about that. That was entirely my fault. But uh when you support George W. Bush mindlessly for eight years, you don't get to bitch about someone thinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he had just done a little tiny bit more of that, we would have been a lot better off as a country. So, hmm. I'm sorry, I probably should have said kvetch, but I, I just, you know, you <laughs> don't get, to, you spent that nickel. You supported a man who didn't think at all. So shut up. Exactly. You fooled me once. You fooled me, fool me twice. Uh, you, you can't get fooled again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
tent jobs uniquely American, isn't it? <laughs> you know that stupid <laughs> laugh of his. That stupid. I hate that laugh. I hate that laugh most of all. That stupid. He thinks he's the funniest guy in the world. And he expects he actually does that stupid. Tell you know that eyebrow ways. Here comes the singer. <laughs> you know that stupid laugh. I. I He's been out of office for almost seven years, and I still want to kick him in the balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that laugh will forever uh, haunt my nightmares. But <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, turn it over to Janet for the last word before we head to break. And I say, Larry Wilmore, mic drop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yep, it was amazing. How fucking refreshing it was. <laughs> All right, folks, we are going to go ahead and go to break. And in honor of uh, Tom Schaefer and his wife getting home safely, we are going to play some Tunnel Road since there is a Tunnel Road in Nashville. So we will be right back here with you on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. Too busy giving tax handouts to large corporations, the Republicans haven't been working for the middle class. And as a result, many families are still struggling to make ends meet. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to Southern Progressive Revival. I am your host, Jonathan Matthews. Uh, We are having a very fun show tonight. I hope that you all are enjoying it as much as I am. Uh, So I will go ahead and welcome back Mr. Adam Hebert, host of Mike Check Radio and Midnight Sun here on Indie Media Weekly with his jingle. You may have escaped your fate last week, sir, but you will not this time. No. Adam Hebert, a true Southerner. You want a piece of this? He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Because you are absolutely, unconditionally, positively the most stubborn person I've ever known in my life. Adam Hebert, a Southern denialist. Forget about it, please. Of course, I'm just visiting here. He's crazy. There's no telling what he might do. Adam Hebert, from wherever, on Southern Progressive Revival. Welcome back, Adam. I will dance on your grave for that. <laughs> I've got the dancing shoes ready. All right. I, I, I love you too, brother. And, <laughs> and of course, uh, from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, our very own Ms. Producer, who will be battling with Rob Poole on next week's show in a battle of the producers, Ms. Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Well, hello, everybody. And I still think you ought to tell Rob and I what we're in for. Well, if I did that, it wouldn't be any fun. But I promise that it will be a subject on which you are both very well versed. So oh, I, I think it's right. fun. I'd like to bet ten bucks on Rob. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I'm voting. Sorry, uh, Janet. I, I'm going to vote yeah. nine thousand and one dollars on Janet. <laughs> <laughs> you know there I don't have go. my box. It's over nine thousand. There you go. <laughs> All right, thank you both so much, and uh, with and of course, last but not least, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, sir. Hello, everybody. Hello. It's good to be here. Good, good, good. And it's good to have you, sir. So uh, we are going to go ahead and get into our "Don't Know Shit" from Applesauce segment. So let's go ahead and get her started. All I ask from you is a very simple answer to a very simple question. Are you crazy? Are just plain stupid. But I will ask that everyone please behave. He's a lunatic, I'm telling you. Can I help you with that? Y'all don't know shit from applesauce. All right, don't know shit from applesauce. And to lead off this segment, there is unfortunately a very bad story coming out of Missouri at this time. Uh, it's been an ongoing problem, but it has recently gotten even worse than it was before. Um, Janet requested to speak on this because it does affect her and it affects uh, members of her family. Uh, so I am going to hand it over to Janet so she can tell you what's going on. All right. In St. Louis, there's a landfill. And below that landfill, there's two things that are going on. There's a burning fire and a Cold War era nuclear waste that are separated by no more than 1,200 feet. They've known about it for a long time, 
but and they've been trying to quietly go around and adopt emergency plans in case the smolding embers ever reach the waste because there's going to be a catastrophic event obviously because you're going to have a plume of radioactive smoke over a densely populated area near the city's main airport um the fire is in the brighton landfill and it's been burning since 2010 the plan for the worst case scenario was developed only a year ago and never publicized until last week can you believe that um and they found out about it because of a St. Louis radio station. They obtained a copy. They said that this is not the landfill people, the county executive. Steve Stenger cautioned that the plan is not an indication of any kind of imminent danger. Why, it's the county's government responsibility to protect the health, safety, and well-being of all St. Louis County residents. The landfill operator, Republic Services, which I use for my garbage, they downplayed the risk. Interceptor wells, underground structures that capture below surface gases and other safeguards are kept in place to keep the fire and the nuclear waste separated. The county officials and emergency managers have an obligation to plan for various scenarios, even if they're remote, he said. The landfill is safe and intensely monitored, but the cause of the fire is unknown. For years, the most immediate concern has been an odor created by smoldering. Republic Services has spent millions of dollars to ease or eliminate the smell. And directly next to the Brighton landfill is Westlake landfill operated by Republic Services. The Westlake facility was contaminated with radioactive waste from uranium processing by St. Louis company known as Malican Rot Chemical. The waste was illegally dumped in 1973 and includes materials that dates back to the Manhattan Project, which created the first atomic bomb in the 40s. So now the Environmental Protection Agency is deciding how to clean up this waste. You know, that same thing that the Republicans, that agency that the Republicans want to get rid of? Yeah, those guys. The proximity of the two environmental hazards is what worries the residents and the environmentalists. Because at this point, they're between 1,000 and 1,200 feet apart. And if the underground fire reaches the waste, there's a potential for a radioactive fallout to be released into a smoke plume and spread throughout the region. So the plan calls for evacuations and development of emergency shelters both in St. Louis County and neighboring St. Charles County. And they're asking private and volunteer groups and maybe the federal government to come in and help them on it. Does anybody want to respond before I continue? I mean, for me, uh, um, I would really be interested to know what what Joey and and Adam have to say. But when you first brought this story to my attention, the only thing I could think was that if this was happening in my backyard, I would be terrified. I, I don't care if they're right about the fact that the chances of the two meeting are remote um, you know, I, I'm not a scientist. I can't speak as to whether they are or not. I suspect that it's not as remote as they're making it out to be, though. But that would scare me. That That's absolutely terrifying. That I scares mean, me, too. 
You know, is it getting is it getting in the water supply anything up there that you know of? Um, not so far, but you got to remember they're not letting them check for certain things. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Adam, you were a fairly well-traveled fellow, being from a military family. Saint Saint Louis is is a pretty big city. There are a lot of people there, and there's a lot of uh, air travel that goes through the airport. So the potential for catastrophe and damage there could be untold. Yeah, call me crazy, but I think the odds of something like this happening should be roughly zero. Why take such a mind-numbingly boneheaded, stupid risk? You know, Excellent. because no matter how how long the odds are, one percent is too much. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think I think the odds of nuclear catastrophe should be zero. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, yeah, Jan- Janet, please continue. Um, they said that right now there's no reports of illnesses that have been linked to the nuclear. And I'm trying to say nuclear right because I'm, <laughs> I'm having a little hard time with my tongue. Cut me some slack. It's okay. You're not Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> But the smell caused uh, by the underground burning is so foul, the Missouri Attorney General, Chris Coster, filed a lawsuit against Republic Services in 2013. Um, They're ready to go to trial in March. And Coster said he was troubled by the new reports about the site and found that radiological contamination in trees outside the landfill's perimeter. Other evidence showed the fire has moved past two rows of interceptor wells and closer to the nuclear waste. Coster said the reports were evidence that Republic Services does not have it under control. And Republic Services is responding by accusing the state of intentionally exasperating the anger and confusion. Ed Smith of the Missouri Coalition for Environment said he'd like to see the county become more involved to ensure businesses schools, hospitals, and individuals know how to respond to a possible disaster at the landfill, just like we do for earthquake or tornado, which I think is pretty dang scary myself. Yeah. And um, some of the residents that live near the Brighton landfill asked that Missouri Governor Jay Nixa declare a state of emergency on Wednesday. Don Chaplin of Just Moms of St. Louis Landfill Group said they're going to present a petition to the governor with 5,000 signatures asking for a state of emergency and federal aid to help put the landfill fire out before it's too late. Chapman says she doesn't think Nixon needs to wait for an emergency. I think he can call a preemptive one and get a federal resources in here now to stop it from happening. Mm -hmm. You've got school teachers over there at the high school, Roseacre Elementary School. People are saying they're scared and we're responsible for all these kids and we don't know what to do. We're not being told what to do. You've got old people reporting illnesses, saying, I'm sick, this has destroyed my family. Underground smoldering is not unheard of, especially in abandoned coal mines. Common causes include lightning strikes, forest fires, and illegal burning of waste. There's 98 underground mine fires in nine states burning since 2013, according to the Office of Surface Mining Reclamation and Environment. Wow. few of them matched the one in Centralia, Pennsylvania. A huge pile of trash in the town dump near a coal mine was set on fire and it's never gone out. 
burning beneath the town for more than half a century. But only a few thousand in that community remain. Mm. But I, I have to say, the, the one thing I, I got from that, Republic saying that the state of Missouri, by letting the populace know about the fact that this danger is there, I mean... Are you stupid or something? I... They deserve to know, don't don't you think, Adam? Wouldn't you want to know? Yes. Call me crazy. I I think I have a right to know if my life is in immediate danger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to catch cancer or nothing like that, man. And I don't, you know, I'm like hell yeah, I wouldn't want to know. They need to go ahead and take care of that tomorrow. <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I didn't know that was going and on, the, you know. Oh. And the thing is, it's right by the Missouri, on the Missouri River and the Mississippi. Mm. You know, they're right there at those crossroads and stuff. All that water that can mm-hmm. get contaminated. And you can't tell me that if there's an explosion, it's just going to stay in the Missouri area. You got Illinois right next door. I mean, it's going to affect a lot of people, yeah. not just the area where my son and his family live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know that that's a, a deeply personal thing for you and I'm, I'm glad you shared it. I, I hope that this brings awareness to it and that something is done that governor Nixon will, you know, get off of his tail and actually use the power that he has. Um, because th- this is something that we shouldn't have to deal with. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, but for how many of them are going around the country that we don't know about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, since this is something that's leaked recently, you know, we, we don't know what's happening in, in Alabama or Tennessee or North Carolina or anywhere. It could be happening in our own backyards right now and we would have no idea that it was going on. So it's uh, it, it's terrible, but um, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap that up because we have a lovely collection of clips from various people on their responses to the UCC shooting. Uh, these are responses from Southern politicians. We do not approve of any of these politicians. But I am just going to let these clips go and y'all go for it because (laughs) this will be sort of a fun rapid fire thing. So we are going to start off with the response from the lieutenant governor of Joey Word State of Tennessee. Tennessee's lieutenant governor is encouraging Christians to arm themselves after the mass shooting in Oregon. A community college gunman there reportedly singled out Christians. In a Facebook post, Ron Ramsey said, quote, I would encourage my fellow Christians who are serious about their faith to think about getting a handgun carry permit. Democrats accuse him of fear-mongering. Well, Joey, I don't know about you, but uh, I can't think that that's anything but fear-mongering. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is, man. <laughs> you better you better buy a gun. You better buy a gun. <laughs> Don't buy the gun when you got We gotta, we gotta protect ourselves from the midget down down the corner. You know, stuff. Man, these people are crazy, man. These people are crazy. You know, I can understand you want to get a gun to protect your family and everything. You know, and protect your home and your land or whatever. You know, 
but uh these these people just you know they 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 do fear monger a lot especially here in the south when it comes to guns oh yeah and i mean i don't know a whole lot about the lieutenant governor of tennessee but um that guy's nut man that guy's <laughs> nut it sounds like it. Uh, I mean, even just from this one clip, if, if even if he said nothing else the entirety of the remainder of his sermon office, this would qualify. Um, but but he's saying to buy a gun to to protect yourself as a Christian. And yeah, I, I mean, that, that was stupid. That was it, stupid to say. Yeah. And what if some some person uh, say uh, uh, like uh, buy a gun to protect yourself as a Muslim? Oh man, you know what the outrage would have been? Yeah, it, imagine. Yeah, I mean, Adam, I'm I'm sure you know that there would have been a lot of outrage over that. And I know that you're a recovering Catholic, but I, I'm sure that you remember that little uh, scripture in the Bible that says that if someone strikes your cheek, to turn it and offer the other one. So yeah, uh, yeah. well, uh, uh, you know, all I can say to our new friend in Tennessee is, um, you, my friend are just a few plums short of a fruit pie. <laughs> that he is, man. And uh, Janet, do you have anything to say about what the lieutenant governor said? Now, I just think it's amazing the contortions these people go through. You know, this Christian, you know, Christians arm yourself. Uh, what the hell? You know, love one another. We need a gun. We need to fight our enemies. We need to whatever. Idiots. I got my Bible and my gun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need nothing else, buddy. And what is wrong with that picture? <laughs> and I love the American flag. Man, uh, I'll tell you, on this subject... Doesn't make any sense. There it goes. No sense at all. Yep. It just makes absolutely no sense. Those two things do not belong together at all. But uh, we are going to move on now to presidential hopeful Ben Carson, who we've already talked about tonight. He was on uh, Fox and Fiends, the wonderful, wonderful people that they are. And uh, he, he had a couple things to say. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you now. He apparently is going to go to meet with the families of the victims this Friday on a West Coast uh, four-day swing. But David Jakes, who is the publisher of a newspaper out there in Roseburg, doctor, said the president should not stop in his town because he would simply be grandstanding. Listen to this. Now he wants to come to our community and stand on the corpses of our loved ones to make some kind of a political point. And it isn't going to be well received, not by our people, not by the families and not even by our elected officials. What do you think of that? Imagine a politician politicizing something. When do we get to the point where we have people who actually want to solve our problems rather than just politicize everything? I think that's what the American people are so sick and tired of. Yeah, but you never hate, uh, you hate to let a good crisis go to waste. They certainly, the politicians, right. I mean, they are feasting on it. But Dr. Carson, would you go? If the, if the people of the community say, don't go, would you still go if you're president on Friday? Uh, probably not. I mean, I would probably have so many things on my agenda that I'd go to the next one. So he would go to the next one. I mean, there are a whole lot of things wrong with that clip, Adam. 
But the the fact that he just admitted right there on on Fox and Fiends that he knows that there's going to be another mass shooting coming, as we all do, just grr. Well, I mean, you know, look, it's like I've said before, Ben Carson is only a viable candidate for president because he's a black Republican, which is the political equivalent of a freaking unicorn. <laughs> the, man, the man may have been a gifted neurosurgeon at one point in his life. I suspect those I suspect those stories are a bit exaggerated. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that the man's an idiot. The man's a dumb fuck. Oh, yeah, he is be- beyond beyond the definition thereof. I mean, that that may very well be an insult to dumb fucks themselves. But we're going to go ahead and get to the second part of this clip. And then I am going to let uh, Le- uh, I almost said Lisa. I am so sorry. I'm going to let Janet and Joey get in on the conversation. You know, people really understood you. And I think got a good glimpse in your heart when you posted this picture went viral online. Hashtag I am Christian. Explain that. Well, you know, the, the, the poor families of those individuals had to be hurting so badly. And the fact that pe- I believe that this nation has Judeo-Christian roots. And why are we so busy trying to give those away for the sake of political correctness? You know, when you give away your identity, you give away your soul. And, uh, you know, in the book of Proverbs, it says, without a vision, the people perish. We can't give away who we are and what we stand for and what our vision is. But, but Dr. Carson, if a gunman walks up and puts a gun at you and says, what religion are you? That is the ultimate test of your faith. I'm glad you asked that question, because uh, not only would I probably not cooperate with them, I would... I would not just stand there and let him shoot me. I would say, hey, guys, everybody attack him. He may shoot me, but he can't get us all. So, Joey. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, guys. Uh, don't sit around and let us shoot. <laughs> <laughs> man, that guy's an idiot, man. I, you know, I don't hate to call the guy that, but he's, man, he's... I don't know what to say, Jonathan, man. I don't know what to say about this clown. Because he is a clown, man. Yeah, the, clown. yeah there's, he, he is that a, was stupid he's way. An ass clown. That was stupid. And he know good and well he wouldn't have said that. He know good and well he wouldn't have said he he would have said uh, uh, uh give me what you you know what I'm saying. Uh, don't don't shoot me, please don't he, man, like I said before, he would probably been been counting in the corner with his head between his knees, crying, please don't kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he gave a, a recount of a, of a, a tale. Uh, I was going to play the audio for it, but I'm not going to because it's been overplayed a lot this week. Um, but, you know, he, he stated that he was in a Popeye's and that somebody put a gun to his ribs. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm not the one that you should be pointing that at. You should be pointing it at the cashier. But as it turns out, there is not an existent police report to corroborate that story. Janet. Straight lie. <laughs> Well, I didn't know about that, that there wasn't a police report, but let's just take him at his word on this one, where he's saying that he'd tell everybody to go with that Popeye's thing that he said. Remember, he said, get the guy behind the counter. Mm-hmm. He'd be the guy saying, let's go get him. We can't, he can't kill us all. He'd be the one running in the opposite direction while he gets everybody else heading into him. 
Okay, I got this taken care of. Zoom. Took off running. I'm out of here, guys. Opposite direction. Exactly. Took off running. And he's talking about somebody selling their soul or giving up their soul. I really think you already done that, Dr. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The, and the, like the douche did says, not fall from the, far from the bag in that case. No, no. And he keeps saying, this is a Christian name. What you believe and what is actuality are two separate things. Just like if you lied about the Popeye story, then, um, and you're shooting from your whatever, why are we supposed to believe him? And, I, and like Snork says, I don't think he was targeting Christians. I think he was trying to help them get on to their maker. Oh, and Kenny said he's rebooted and ready for his close-up. Very cool. Well, we will have uh, Mr. Pick on here in about uh, six or seven minutes or so as soon as we get past our Never next to last break. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, as, as Adam has said many times, reality has a liberal bias. Yes. So, um, (laughs) I'm sorry. Am I? I'm sorry. No, 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 please. I I used your quote, so take the floor. Well, I mean, there's an easy way to tell if a Republican is lying. Check for a pulse. (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, look, the fact matter is all, you know, because reality goes against everything conservatives say, they have to lie. It's second nature to them. It is. It's and it, it's terrible. And you know, it, there just comes a point, and I loved it when Joey said that he just didn't know what to say because <laughs> some of these candidates are just so far out there that you're just dumbstruck by it, and you don't way know what to say. There, you know, <laughs> it, it takes a lot of talent to just be able to keep going after them. Like you know, on on Mike Check Radio last night, which airs from seven to ten p.m. every Saturday here on Indie Media Weekly, uh, we were talking like about Theodore Schubat, and he's another one of those individuals who is just so out there and so insane that you just do not know what to say. And I, yeah, I, I, you were right when you said you've never seen that much visceral hatred. I went through the chat. I was like, wow. And the the guy is certifiably insane because he says stuff like, you know, again, he plainly says that if you refuse to do what we tell you, what we Christians tell you, yes, you deserve to die. I'm, I'm not making this, you know, I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the fact of the matter is that there are Christian supremacists out there, Christian fascists. And they want to, you know, these are the people who rant and rave about Sharia law in the United States. Well, they want to, they want to force Scalia law down our throats. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, head to break here real quick so we can get Kenny on the program. I will pronounce it that way in his honor. Uh, so on the way out, Don't forget, we... it's it's Rubit. Yes, uh, Rubit. We will, we will seek the Rubits out to get Kenny pick for... Southern hospitality. Listen so, uh, to the smart robot. <laughs> All right. So we will be right back uh, on this break uh, since we are going to be uh, starting the segment off of Kenny on a uh, issue of misogyny. We are going to play Macaroni's War on Women. So we will be right back here with you on Southern Progressive Revival. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know... 
Democrats support the working men and women of this country. So we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indy Media Weekly Radio. Yeah. Macaroni. D.O.P. Fool, my mama's a woman. So you know what side I'm on. In the war on You think she women. can't make her own choice? Can't use her own voice. It's time we treat every woman like a Rolls Royce. This is a revolutionary woman throwback. Any blowback can get the Bozak. Where the hoes at? What you mean the hoes at? Put that on my mama, homie, you gon' see some blowback On my wife and my sister, and you know that Aunties, nieces, cousins think I wasn't, I don't hold back I won't let it go, rest in peace to Betty Joe. Women make the world go round, I'm here to let you know Throw your hands up, everybody stand up For the women in your life, you better man up better man up look out for the vultures get the disrespect of women at our culture you better man up look out for the vultures get the disrespect of women at our culture revolutionary women stand up if you get down for the cause throw your hands up if you get down for the cause time to man up because there is a war on women a war on women revolutionary women stand up if you get down for the cause throw your hands up if you get down for the cause time to man up because there is a war on women a war on women revolutionary men where have you been woman is your next to kin she is your friend how come you don't have her back until the end you would rather wage war on women would rather wage war on her voice but brother if it's her body it's her choice brother if it's her body it's her decision because she living her life with her vision when it come to her body she know best that's why she got a right to choose and no less she working every day do the same job less pay baby daddy got her pregnant he left the next day he left the next day and he never looked back she used to dream too but the brother took that but she stayed strong, she made it through the drama. I fight the war on women because that was my mom. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, time to man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women. Revolutionary women stand up. If you get down for the cause, throw your hands up. If you get down for the cause, time to man up. Cause there is a war on women, a war on women. Listen to Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern for three hours of news, opinion, and laughs. This is what comedian and talk show host John Fugelsang has to say about Turn Up the Night. You guys really walk a good line of having it be really collegial and really having a, a, a show that, you know, blends the uh, intelligence with the irreverence, which is the hardest balance to pull off. Still not convinced you should listen to Turn Up the Night? Well, listen to what legendary writer, actor, and comedian Rick Overton has to say. I just don't think we can use the mainstream news for much anymore. I'm, I'd much rather go to you than to CNN for anything. You know, I would trust what my friends have to say more. Well, who can argue with that? 
Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And knowing the world as I do, I can tell you without any equivocation that the number one abuse of human rights on earth is strangely not addressed quite often is the abuse of women and girls. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back for hour three, the last hour of Southern Progressive Revival here on episode six. Uh, I am your host, Jonathan Matthews, and joining us as always is our very own Miss Producer, Miss Janet Lee from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, Mr. Adam Hebert, host of Mike Check Radio from Enterprise, Alabama. Hello. Yes, and last but not least, Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee, our new permanent co-host, and we are happy to have him. Howdy, y'all. There you go. (laughs) I like that country in there. (laughs) So without any further ado, we are going to introduce Mr. Pick with a little bit of Southern hospitality. So here goes the jingle. Southern hospitality. It is my privilege to extend to you a laurel and hearty handshake. Whatever you take a notion to, I don't aim to put you out none. Mm, no, he's, that's mighty neighborly. Bless your heart. Mr. Kenny Pick, host of Turn Up the Night, The Night Show, and acting station manager on Indie Media Weekly, a man who has so many hats, I don't know how he fits them on his head. Welcome to the show, sir. I'm I'm a Hydra. I have several heads. That all have to go so, so hey, everybody, glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much for agreeing to be on tonight. Uh, we were supposed to have Leslie Boyd. She had something come up, but we will be rescheduling her for the future. But I cannot think of a better Southern hospitality guest. We had you on for our very first show as a damn Yankee. Uh, because that was the segment that you inspired. And now you were here for a whole hour for Southern Hospitality, which is pretty exciting. And you got to be introduced by the jingle that you made. Yes. <laughs> and it seems like forever since I've talked to all of you. <laughs> I, I know. I'm doing the trifecta this weekend. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we, we pulled you into it. Joey would not suffer alone. So... <laughs> Here but, I am. Yes, indeed. So uh, I have a slew of questions to ask you about, but there have been some insidious things happening down Asheville Way. Uh, this is getting to, to be a little old now, but we wanted to bring it up tonight before it got too old. Um, I know that on Turn Up the Night that you fight for women and their rights and their equality just as much as we do here on Southern Progressive Revival. Uh, so without any further ado, uh, Janet, if you don't mind introducing what's going on in Asheville, I would love to hear Kenny's opinion on it. Hi, Kenny. Hello, Janet. Um, <laughs> there is a restaurant downtown. It's a local coffee shop called Walking Life. And there was our two owners, Rutledge, Jared, and Jacob Owens. And they have been doing blatant and predatory misony from for quite a while and they got caught because they started doing a podcast in a subculture about the actions that they were doing 
And what they were talking about, it was, this is not just a single incident. You have to remember this, okay? Mm -hmm. They were looking for notches on their belt, so to speak. And there is a group of them that were there together. They had their words for it and everything else. They were talking about um, Mexican women in racist terms. And they were making fun of domestic violence because they were saying, Bitches get stitches during dating advice. Um, they were drugging women. They were, had, you know, bragged about having sex with women in the hospital. And they joked about her having a lack of consent. Um, and they did a podcast that, about this? Yes, they were doing podcasts. And it was over a period of time. So what happens was, and they were making jokes about this, okay? And beating up women, doing all this stuff, okay? So then a local radio show there and the media got a hold of it and they started putting it out. So protesters, some of the stories got put out there and they were trying to minimize it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. They were admitting this stuff, but, you know, oh, you know, the women were... It was okay, you know, blah, blah, blah. We were young. but Well, no, they weren't because they had them nailed. They had them caught with these podcasts. They had dates, everything. So they came forward and the employees started resigning, of course. The protesters assembled outside there, closed it down. And then they, these, uh, their downtown expansion got ended because the people that were going to give them their loan revoked it. The landlord said he'd try to evict him if he could, but he wasn't able to. Then they tried to give a one voice uh, a donation because they were in helping women that were domestic survivors or violence, domestic violence survivors. And they said, we're not in a position of absolving them for their misogyny as it perpetrates a culture of danger to all women and girls. So then there was forums that were being held on the rape culture and there was justifiable outrage. And this reporter um, was really kind of excited. He said it was refreshing. He became a journalist. He was happy that their town, his name is David Forbes, by the way. Mm -hmm. This was September 30th. And he was really excited about it. And there, there was a major epidemic down there and it was being covered up. And now it's being brought forward. And whether it's from the policemen that are doing it or whatever. And um, he said that a lot of time the women, you know, they go into a veil of silence. They're quiet. They don't say anything. But this time it was different because it wasn't too hard to attribute the work of these guys because they were putting it out there. So then this last week, there was this turnaround. He said, it's barely been a week since the news broke and there's already a rush to forgive and hand-wringing over the public shame. And he said to him, that was disturbing on all levels. And um, that the culture, women's culture, often, you know, face a hostile environment, ineffective legal system and shame and that justice is important. And Um, he said on the public end, we should be striking fear into them that they want to keep acting like these horrific misonists 
this should mean this is going to end their career and serious consequences. One would hope. Yeah. And they gave came out to give a softball interview and that it was a learning experience. That was Rutledge's words. Oh. Yeah. And give it a little time and we need to reach out to some people and maybe we need to have a meeting and lance the boil so that we can find a way back and and um (laughs) this is the kind of softball you know interviews that they're giving so it doesn't sound like it's penance it's more of a damage control but it's still predatory behavior they still had them on podcasts Obviously, they've taken them off, but people have them. They already had them before they started taking these tweets down that they were doing about it. Tweets yeah, and podcasts. Tweets, too. My God. I mean, and then another week later, which is the reason Leslie was going to talk about this. You know, she had posted a post, and I didn't have a chance to ask her which way she was going. But there were people saying that you're supposed to forgive them, but they still need the consequences. As a woman, I don't know that I can forgive this. Oh, no, I mean, I guess you're supposed to, but what well, do you think? Um, I, I, you know, the one thing that I like about being an atheist is I don't have to forgive anybody. Um, and, uh, (laughs) that, that is a big benefit right there to being an atheist. Um, so yeah, stuff like that, it is unforgivable. You you know, if you are going to prey on women, if you're going to abuse them and, and drug them and, uh, you know, I mean, what, what's this? They, they hurt women in hospitals. I mean, this is insane. And of course they're, and they're racist all along too. I mean, this, you know, wow, this is just a lot of info. Here and these guys, what are these guys' names again? Um, Rutledge and Owens. The last names are Rutledge and Owens. Jared oh. and um, I forgot his first name. So basically, ones, this is this is that whole Jacob Owens and Jared Rutledge. So this is that whole pickup artist, like a rape culture, uh, uh, thing that's going on. This is um, like that that horrible killer last year out in California. The the pickup artist guys that. You know, that that's so sickening. And apparently I, they had, and they were calling women plates. So what are you going to put on your plate? Well, how about a woman that's drugged in the hospital and won't be able to fight back or know what you're doing? Can you get in and out without getting caught? Jesus. I mean, you I, know. Oh. Why aren't they in jail? Well, they should be. I, they certainly should be. I mean, if there's enough evidence, hopefully somebody is trying to work towards doing just that. There's there's a simple answer to that question. They're privileged white males. Oh, go figure. You know, if yeah. it, let, you know, let, let me put it this way. If it had been uh, African-Americans saying that stuff, they'd be in jail by now. If it had been, you know, Hispanics, they'd be in jail by now. But because they're white, F, I would imagine somewhat affluent males since they own their own business. Yeah. Uh, we we could get, you know they should get uh, be easy on them. They earned it, not really, but yeah. Wow, yeah, these guys. The something you know. I, I, I'm I'm gonna have to follow up on this and see what the hell is going on. This is nuts. See, for a second I thought yeah. you were mad at me, Kenny. Don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
No, I, well, you know, I'm just. See, I'm just first, I was, I was just, I was like, I wasn't. I, that's not my personal opinion. I'm not. I'm not being serious. Don't get mad at me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, that's yeah, okay. And I'll send I, I was... you the links because the stories are coming out of uh, Mountain Express, um, and the other one is the Asheville Blade. Yeah. So no, I, I, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And I, then of course, actually, Leslie was... Boyd. Yeah, yeah, Leslie Boyd. I was actually googling when. Uh, that when you were talking, I was listening to you, Adam, but then I was kind of responding to what I was seeing on the screen in front of me. So, uh, <laughs> didn't mean to frighten you. So, uh, but, but it just, why is it always forgiveness when it comes to violence against women? I, I don't, God. Oh, and Tom says men's rights cultures involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh, and he Are said they're putting the cop. Look, Tom says they're put. He's living there, so he's saying the coffee house is up for sale, and they're going to be leaving town. Can they get him, Tom, before they leave? He said it's five minutes from his house. By the way. Oh wow! Wow! Don't oh, worry, man. Uh, they won't trace the eggings to you. These guys are a couple of hipster douchebags, man. I'm looking at them right now. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah! Wow! <laughs> Seriously, this is. The, these guys, something, uh, something needs to happen. I wish we knew whether they. I don't understand why they can't go. Men's rights culture involved. What men's rights to rape women? Men's what? rights activists, uh, the pickup, uh, pickup artists culture. You know, it, it all it all goes hand in hand. And it, you know, for any jackass out there on Fox News or wherever else that says there's no war on women. Hey, take a gander at the men's rights activists. Take it. Take a look at these pickup artists, like these two uh, jackasses, uh, Jared Rutledge and Jacob Owens. You know, you don't think there's a war on women? Well, you know, yeah. you're, you're living in denial. Mm -hmm. And this article also says, after a period of public hibernation, I mean, if you're gonna, you know, kind of look into it too, because it's a pretty good size article, and I'm just pulling out the big chunks. Mm -hmm. This author, um, and I said his name earlier, dang it, I hate that when I do that. Oh, anyway, he says after a period of public hibernation, they're going to pull out whatever resources they have in town and relaunch using the redemptive narrative as a marketing tool. He says they're going to get some fluff pieces in the more gentry-friendly media with soulful shots of them staring into the distance and pages of wibbling about how much they've learned from their mistakes. And given the nature of these pieces, we'll be lucky if the survivors of the past actions get anything more than a paragraph or two. They'll laugh to the bank, and it's going to happen again. Mm. Yeah, this is ugly. This is real ugly. David Forbes is the name of the author. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I mean, if, if they're, uh, hopefully they're ridden out on a rail uh, out of town, and this haunts them forever, and they... You know, I don't want them on the public dole, but you know, let them let them clean porta potties for life. You know. Oh yeah. And Tom posted <laughs> the link the in the chat. Porta potties. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was just so. Did any, did any women women come out against these guys or anything? You know. Well, a group called One Voice, and it was more of a town. It sounded like there was a, a group of people, not just women this time. It was men too that had come up against them. You know, okay, I'd come out and. I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about women. Okay, our voice. Assaulted, 
assaulted a woman that assaulted Oh, women, I don't know about that. Come out of anything, anything? If individual ones, I don't know. But he, they did say, <clears throat> he said the women that have been um, exploited will probably just get, get no more than a, a paragraph because they know who some of them are. But see, that's another thing. They're going to have to go out and admit yeah. what happened. Wow. Wow. So I guess that the the basic of what I'm what I'm reading here, you know, from other sources is is, is what they've done mostly is shared stories of, about uh, sexual violence mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. sexual cruelty. So this isn't really, you know, the, I don't think any, uh, you know, but maybe there are women out there that might come forward, individuals that, you know, if they can and maybe they have proof that. They were drugged or they were raped or, or whatever, you know. But um, yep, yep. Yeah, these guys, they, they need to be, uh, you know, if, if they did, you know, commit, uh, you know, criminal acts against women, they need to go away. Yep. Yep, they need to be and thrown under the job. Tom says, yeah, the community is not going to forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. Nope. Definitely not in Asheville. <clears throat> But, okay, uh, that's that was it. I just wanted to get that out there because that's what uh, Leslie wanted to talk about tonight, and we wanted to talk about it before it got too old. <laughs> you know, and, and just you know, for, for it should never get too old. Yeah, and and just a, a real quick thing out there. My advice to any anybody who would uh, even you know, and I guess nobody like that is listening to the show, obviously, but you know. It doesn't take a lot to be a decent man. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It does not take a lot. It is not hard work. To be that deviant and that nasty and that evil, that takes hard work. That To, yes, to be yes. that indecent to other people, that is actually a job. And if you just, you know, I mean, it's second nature to me to be kind to people. It is second nature to me to, you know, to, to treat women and, and everyone else with respect. But, you know, it, it truly, I, I can't even think of what kind of energy in, in you know, and in, in what kind of drain on my soul it would be to treat other people like that. So, uh, you know, and, and, you know, when I hear yeah, something like yeah. that, it just absolutely breaks my heart. So, but yeah, it doesn't take much to be a man. They was no. doing and it like Tom, it was some sick game, man. That's yeah. sick, and Tom says there's been protests, big protests, for many weeks, and the shops closed. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that. It, it, and I was podcasting them. Yeah, I did actually see another possible ray of sunshine in this one. I was googling it. It looks like the Waking Life might actually be uh, bought over by uh, uh, female-friendly uh, owner-operators. So uh, you know that that would be a, a nice way to, for that business to to go. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that really would be nice karma. And, and, and you know what would be the perfect thing for them to do? For the, if it was taken over, they should offer them, thir uh, you know, uh, what is it, seventy-seven percent of what they initially asked for. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Yes, that would be awesome, and. Uh, Yes. So, uh, so, so Kenny, th thank you so much for giving your perspective on that. I, I really appreciate it. It was this, it was just something so heinous and we hadn't had a chance to get it on the program yet. 
Well, that um, is definitely, definitely worth, you know, uh, mentioning and, and uh, you know, checking back on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will keep a close eye on it. So uh, not to diminish the importance of this issue by any means. Um, but I, I did want to lighten it up a little bit since we've had a whole lot of bad stories tonight compared to usual. Um, sure. there okay. <laughs> in the, uh, series premiere of Saturday Night Live, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it or not, Kenny. Did not see it, no. Okay. Uh, in the series premiere, there was a, uh, fake commercial done for a medication for a certain group of people. So I wanted to play this for you and, uh, get your opinion on it. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get that rolling. Mental illness doesn't run in our family, so I never thought it could happen to someone I love. But then my husband started getting confused. He'd say things that just didn't make any sense. Things like, And come next November, I, Rex Santorum, will be President of the United States! And he believed this. That's when I knew. He had dementia. My husband, Mike Huckabee, used to be my rock, my partner. And then one night last month, he got up in the middle of the night and started packing a suitcase. He wasn't making any sense. He was muttering, Kim's in jail, and I gotta go get her out of jail, and then I'm gonna be in jail, and that's gonna make me president. So he didn't even know what year it was or how the world worked. My husband, Jim Gilmore, is the love of my life. But lately, he's been having these episodes. Funny. The Gallup poll has me up to 1.2% in Iowa. White House, here we come. Yay! I cannot wait to be First Lady. <laughs> Do you see? He's sick, and he needs help. Well, now there is help. Introducing Abilify for people who think they can be present. What's taken? Abilify destroys the damaged part of the brain that says, I'm a big president leading to an almost immediate return to reality. It's the only dementia medication prescribed for 11 specific people. <laughs> Before Abilify, I would go on national TV and say, here's how I would eradicate ISIS. Me. It's like, what? Today on the news, they said Jim Gilmore dropped out of the race, and I thought, who's Jim Gilmore? Then I realized it was me. I was running for president. <laughs> One time during a debate, I cut Donald Trump off and I said, no, you listen. What was I thinking? That's our future president. So ask your doctor about Abilify today, Bobby Jindal, because not everyone can be president. And now we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, Payush... Uh, I don't know if you if you heard about his little gaffe today. He was asked about his plan for ISIS, and he said uh, we should institute a no-fly zone. There's one problem with that idea. What? Yeah, there's one problem with that idea. Anyone care to take a shot in the dark about what the problem with Paiush's idea is? Hmm. Well, Kenny, you're the guest. Oh no! Yeah. Please, uh, come I don't on, Kenny. Under Adam, go for it. Just just lay it on us. Well, ISIS doesn't have aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Hello, McFly. <laughs> <laughs> but if they got a run and start and flap their arms really hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just got to a bottom bottom and boy are my arms tired. Thank you. <laughs> a fly zone, huh? So I don't get there. Oh, he's I, having a brain related event, folks. I, 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 I'm, uh, I think they're giving me brain can. No, I shouldn't joke about brain cancer. That's horrible. Wow, <laughs> Jindal is, uh, yeah, it, it, he's still in the race then, right? So. He's a special kind of stupid. He's a special kind of stupid. Yep, he hasn't got a hold of his uh, Abilify medication yet, so uh, here's hoping that happens soon. But uh... <laughs> hey, the breakthroughs in in medicine are just fantastic these days. They are absolutely. It's amazing how fast we can get this stuff to market. But yeah, some, some little slime bag doesn't jack the price up from seventeen dollars to seven hundred. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Republicans like, could afford it though. This is true. It was originally thirteen fifty. You're giving him too much credit. Ah, okay. <laughs> or you're but, just bad uh, at math. I don't know which. <laughs> but uh, but 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 I played that because it was funny. But um, also because you know we we've never had a chance to talk about this, and I was just curious. Um, I've I've always appreciated the the fact that Saturday Night Live has used their stage as a, a platform to parody politics um, for individuals on both sides of the aisle. And, and nobody's safe from that. And, you know, this is where it began. This is sort of, I, I believe, that they were the seed that allowed things like The Daily Show under Jon Stewart to succeed. And um, I, I've always really enjoyed their political uh, parodies and starting off with their season opener with this uh, and they also had another wonderful sketch with uh, Hillary that uh, everybody should look up. It was quite good. But uh, yeah, um, what, what what are your thoughts on uh, SNL as a as a place for political parody and its impact on pop culture? Well, I remember seeing it as a very small child, and uh, Chevy Chase as Gerald Ford as the the bumbling president falling down, knocking over the White House Christmas tree, all that fun stuff. I'm sure Mr. Schaefer has fond recollections of that. <laughs> and you know, and and of course, uh, you know, I, I my biggest memories of SNL are probably from the '80s, um, because you know that's when I was watching it. You know, I was a big fan of Eddie Murphy and and all that. And uh, uh, you know, I I think that they a lot of times they they really nail it, uh, and they they are they seem to be um, a little more heavy handed on Republicans. But the thing is, Republicans come up with the funniest dumbest shit and they have the worst ideas that run you know antithetical to modern society so you know it, that's gonna happen but there was plenty of bill clinton jokes out there of course daryl hammond who can forget daryl hammond as uh bill clinton and uh, and will ferrell as george w bush fantastic so yeah i mean just <laughs> you know throughout the, the the decades they've i think they've done uh like donald trump does a tremendous job tremendous uh, job with the parody they have indeed, and they ought to get you on the show to do a Donald Trump impression. I have to say, <laughs> oh, I, I actually my hair is long enough. I'm I, I was experimenting the other day. I think I can do a, a facsimile comb over, um, oh. like uh, Donald Trump does. Unfortunately, I, I'm not going to be hiding any bald spots because uh, there's hair all underneath. So. <laughs> Excellent ideas for Halloween costumes brought to you by Kenny Pick. We <laughs> got my mean puckery face uh, going too. So there you go. Just put a little lemon in there, and you'll be good. Yeah, dip dip my uh, entire body and hair in something orange as well. <laughs> All right, we are going to head to a break real quick. We uh, 
are right here at uh, 9.30. So uh, we will be right back. I will keep this as brief as possible with more from Mr. Kenny Pick. So stay tuned. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. And we know Democrats support the working men and women of this country. So we understand hard work. So let's talk a little bit about ideas and how we reclaim ideas that we know win in red states. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Light out, everybody. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature, every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. (laughs) Hey, Joe, what are you doing? Repairing the GOP clown car. What's wrong with it? Well, you know your show. You mean the Tim Cormall Show right here on IndieMediaWeekly.com? Yes. Where each week a panel of guests joins us for a progressive roundtable discussion about politics, news, and other fun topics? Yes. And you know how we check out which members of the GOP climbed into the clown car each week? Yes. Well, there's been so many GOP clowns lately, they broke the springs. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yes. But don't worry. With the GOP presidential primary season coming up, the clown car will now have new heavy-duty springs to carry the load. So not only will our show be way better than those Sunday cable shows, we'll also have our very own clown car. Right. Now, close that garage door, Tim, before the clowns get in. Join us in our panel of guests every week right here on Indie Media Weekly. Oh, and don't forget, we have clowns. Dang it, I think a few slipped through. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, or in prime time on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio at IndieMediaWeekly.com. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. Hi, this is Kenny Pick from Turn Up the Night, and you're listening to Indie Media Weekly. Don't change that dial. If you do, I'll know. Like a sneaky ninja, I will know. You're listening to Southern Progressive Revival. One of the issues I don't think we hear enough about and really can't hear enough about is preparing our students and our people, particularly those who have lost jobs, for the jobs of the future. We need to make sure that our education systems are in place. Southern Progressive Revival at Indie Media Weekly Radio. All right, we are back for the last segment here and finishing up Southern Hospitality with Mr. Kenny Pick, a man who wears many, many hats and is a self-admitted Hydra. So thank you very much, Enterprise Alabama, Nashville, Tennessee, and Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. Uh, Kenny, we got through quite a few things in the first half hour there but i wanted to turn the conversation a little bit um you have recently become acting station manager of indie media weekly and uh i, I was wondering uh how, how you felt about that so far how you were well, enjoying it 
I, I am enjoying it greatly. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, many times I want to do my best to do right by Kim Williams and, uh, of course, all the wonderful strides she made in one short year for Indie Media Weekly. And so, you know, we're, we're you know, getting together. We're having our, our big meetings with folks uh, involved on the network, and uh, it's it's working out for the better, I think. We're, we're getting some new ideas uh and you know working towards a new fundraiser coming up soon so uh yeah lots of lots of irons in the fire and uh you know uh just looking to make things bigger and better and again uh still maintain the high standard and quality that kim uh put in place in from the beginning absolutely and i think that you are doing a phenomenal job so far keeping up what kim started keeping the station going in an awesome direction um, I, I give you kudos and praise for that. It has been a pleasure working with you so far. Yes, and you've done a hell of a job too. Our webmaster here is uh, you're you're on fire. <laughs> well, I, thank you. I, I do have one small complaint, Kenny, and that is uh, my my paycheck still says zero. Hmm. Got to well, work on that, son. Well, I, when, when Soros dumps some money in my PayPal account, I'll uh, I'll fix right. that. That's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to give Joey an opportunity to ask you some questions, if he has any, because I know that Joey has been a longtime fan of Turn Up the Night and uh, a fan of yours personally, as many of us are. And uh, so, Joey, I, I am letting you free, sir. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, Kenny, my man? What's up, brother? I'm doing well. I, I've prepared food for the week, so uh, I'm... Yeah. I'm my son at work. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. What I wanted to ask you, man, is uh, you know, uh, is is like when I when no when I first came on the reverse call in, mm -hmm. and I first started talking on air, you know, uh, do, 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 you, uh, do you feel real confident in me of doing this show? You know, I know you feel that way, but you know, do you feel feel that way? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, uh, ever since uh, you were so good on the very first reverse call-in, that, that made us want to do that more with you and other people. That's what, what an inspiration you were uh, being on that very first uh, time. So, you know, I mean, that, that should be, uh, you know, uh, ha you know a, a, a medal you should wear, a badge of, of uh, distinction. So, yeah, I, I have absolute confidence in you. Uh, you've got uh, you know a great unique perspective, and you're funny as hell, and uh, and just a pleasure to speak to every time. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Cause I, cause sometimes, man, you know, I, I get a little tongue tied and I get nervous, man. I'm still nervous at some points, you know. But I try to loosen up by cracking a few jokes and whatnot. That's just mm -hmm. me, you know. <laughs> but I try to make someone laugh, and, and you know, and I, and I will, I appreciate you giving me a shot doing this. Hey, you know what? There are days, and, and I won't lie, you know, uh, there are days where sometimes I get butterflies in my stomach when it's like, oh, God, it's time to go on. I won't lie. There are days that I get nervous, and sometimes I'm feeling like, you know, am I saying the right thing? So, you know, that yeah, happens yeah. to everybody. That's the way I feel. That's the way I've, you know, for the past few weeks that I've been doing this with y'all, you guys, I feel like, darn, did I, did I say that right? Or I got tongue-tied. I got, you know, I got I get tongue-tied sometimes, and I and I, and I stutter sometimes. 
but that's cause some kind of still kind of nervous. You know? Well, you know, it's a, you know, the, that's the great thing. You know, we're all human, and uh, you know, I screw up constantly, and you know, I just act like it never happened. So <laughs> I, I like appreciate you. I like I, I appreciate you, man. Giving me a shot, and I love you, man. And and and, and keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to be in the trenches with you, soldier. All right, love you right back, man. It's good to have you fighting on our side. Right, right. <laughs> yes, and uh, Joey, uh, might I say, you are doing a phenomenal job. And I know that you're nervous. I, I still get nervous myself, and I, I haven't been at this game for uh, a tenth of as long as, as Kenny has. So uh, yeah. to know that he still gets nervous is, uh, you know, pretty comforting to me. I, I hope it is to you as well. Right. But um, I don't think that any interview would be complete unless Adam Hebert, the man who calls Kenny Pick his mentor, yes, was allowed to ask his mentor questions because it is very, it's not very often that you get to interview Kenny Pick, is it? Uh, no, just about every week. Uh, so, yeah, no, not often at all. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, what can I say? When I, I when I was on Turn Up the Night for the first time, I knew I was destined for greatness, and then Mike Check Radio happened. And <laughs> uh, no, I, Kenny is one of the kindest, gentlest people I've ever met, and I'm probably embarrassing him right now. But uh, the guy, the, let me. Uh, I, we talked about this uh, last weekend. You know the story about the, us being at Sexy Liberal. I try to shake his hand. He just gives me a big bear hug. Mm. <laughs> I'm a hugger. Uh, <laughs> Bring it in. So, uh, no, I mean, he seems to have a talent for picking talent. You know, I think that I, I, I have a talent for being a good judge of character most of the time. <laughs> so, uh, there have been some past experiences, which we will not uh, disclose at this time. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you I'm sorry? Do I have to, we don't have the sorry jingle here, damn it. Oh, no, the, 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 the people I'm talking about are nowhere I, I know. in and never will be. So... Uh, <laughs> But that's what it is. I think I just know, you know, who I'm going to get along with, whether, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, and, and who I know I can work well with, you know, just based on a few simple personality traits. So, um, and yes, you are all talented as well. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, but, but yes, you, you are an ultimate man. And since nobody else here is willing to ask the hard hitting questions. Yes. I'm going to throw some your way, sir. Are you prepared? Yeah, lay it on me. Excellent. Uh, question one. What political issue is the nearest and dearest to your heart? You can only pick one. Uh, equality. Very good answer. Um, let's see. Well, gosh, you answered so easily. Now it's hard to come up with uh, hard-hitting uh, questions I'll for you here. I'll say it slower. Equality. There we go. <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? Well, I'll elaborate, I'll elaborate a little bit, you know, but, you know, I just, uh, most folks know that, you know, I grew up in a very rural, conservative part of Ohio, um, surrounded by mostly white folks and a lot of racists. 
And uh, I was always, you know, whenever we would get a student that, you know, was a child of migrant workers or, you know, somebody who looked different than me, a foreign exchange student, something like that, hmm. I always was gravitated towards people that were different, that looked different than me, just to try and learn something new, you know? Try and learn something about, you know, uh, someone, where they were from, and they could tell me different stories instead of all the same boring bullshit white bread stories I was all already used to from everybody else, you know. And, and, and then I would see the other people would, would react with cruelty or, you know, disdain or, or you know, jealousy or, or whatever, you know, or just blatantly racist. And, you know, so, so that made a really strong impression on me as a, as a kid. And, uh, and, and I, as I started to learn the ins and outs of, of what, you know, equality was really all about and, you know, uh, grew into the man that I am, um, I, I think that first and foremost, uh, our society, we, we need to uh, change a lot of shit. And for everybody who tries to say racism is over or, you know, there is no war on women or, you know, gay people want extra rights and stuff like that, I'm ready to bring down the bullshit hammer on them like a shit ton. So. <laughs> that so, is an awesome answer, I have to that's say. That's me. So. There you go. Um, and, and out of curiosity, since you, you did grow up in a rural environment, um, I did as well. Uh, you live in Cleveland, which is not a small city by any stretch of the imagination. Um, now that you're in a place with a bigger population, with more diversity, comparatively yes. speaking, um, has that helped change or, or strengthen your views at all? Or, or has that being in Cleveland uh, uh, done anything? Or, or have you just remained pretty much the same way that you were? Well, uh, you know, it, it, it has uh, reinforced my worldview and my, my political views uh, to know that the, you know, diversity, uh, it, it, you know, uni unification and diversity are so strong. And, and our city is coming back from, a, you know, pretty, pretty big hot mess for many years. And um, you, you see... Uh, communities on the outskirts you know I, we, I, we always make the joke drive 20 minutes in any uh, any direction from a major popula population center in Ohio, in Ohio and you're in the deep south um, which is true <laughs> because you, you know you go I mean you know me I've got long hair I've got a beard I wear wacky t-shirts you know pull up in, into a gas station in you know Medina Ohio you know which is you know and you know you see guys stepping out of tr trucks with gun racks. They're wearing camouflage. They're you know uh, wearing their Duck Dynasty ball caps and everything. And you know or you see billboards everywhere that are like you know um, you know anti-abortion billboards or yes we are a Christian nation stuff. I mean you know just you know really really ex you know exclusive kind of uh, isolationist uh, you know things you see. Um, but you don't get that in the city and, and you truly when you work and live in the city and you have to, you know neighbors and friends and coworkers that are you know a, a veritable you know uh, you know quilt of you know d diversity then you know you, you really truly see how that works and how it's a much more positive um, uh, thing and yeah we might have more crime in the city than we than, than they have but you know I mean if you live two miles between your next neighbor you know <laughs> you're not going to get in that many fights right exactly so, 
you know, I mean, so we do. There is a bit of a downfall there, but not really, you know, because all the good, the good in Cleveland and other cities like this far outweigh the bad. And you know, it's um, so yeah. So I think you know, being you know, I've always wanted to live in the city, and you know, I don't live in in the city in the city, but you know, I'm five minutes from downtown. You know, it's um, but you know, it's it. But yeah, I think it's it's strengthened and emboldened my my worldview that you know I developed started developing as a kid. So yeah, that is awesome. And uh, I I guess my next question, <clears throat> since you do have a number of relatives from Kentucky and you are familiar with uh, Southern culture. Um, what do you think about the state of politics in the South? Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, uh, I was so happy to see so many people in the South stand up uh, against, you know, the Confederate flag, the battle flag, mm-hmm. um, because the voices, obviously, you know, just on that issue alone, and there were some a lot of conservatives, too, that were on the side of getting that removed, uh, you know, from the, the state house in, uh, um, South Carolina, right? Yeah, South yes, Carolina. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, but the, the, the overwhelming amount of voices that from all across the spectrum was that really made, you know, just the, the, I could feel the love swelling in my heart for, you know, good, decent Southerners again, you know, on, on both sides of the, you know, political uh, spectrum, both sides. It's not really a spectrum. It's kind of a coin. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, so, uh, I, you know, when I saw stuff like that and, you know, I, I heard your story earlier about, you know, Westboro Baptist being chased out and, you know, some of the reactions there where, you know, they were like, you know, this makes Christians look bad. We're not th- these hateful assholes like, like Westboro Baptist. Um, yeah, stuff like that. You you have uh, uh you know the 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 worst thing I'm seeing uh, in in the South. I mean, there's obviously there's uh, there's some really shady bullshit things going on with a lot of candidates. I mean, I think back to last year with Thad Cochran and that uh, that jackass teabagger who had all those bloggers like sneaking into uh, uh, Thad Cochran's wife's nursing home and taking pictures of her and. You know, I mean, when I see stuff like that, there's still that creepy good old boy network that that seems to, you know, the you know have its roots in the clan, but now is kind of uh, it, it permeated the Tea Party and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that to me, that it, the South isn't the enemy. It's it's that it's that good old boy network that is seeped into certain aspects of politics. You know, I mean, I know so many good people in in every Southern state. Um, that, you know, I, uh, you know, the only state that I still constantly ridicule is Florida. Um, so. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, most of us don't consider them the real South. I would never go to Florida. (laughs) In Florida, hate Florida. You know, I mean, Nicole Sandler, Nicole Sandler constantly calls it Florida, you know, um, in, in. Well, they got some really weird people down there. I gotta say. Yeah, so just follow a, a Florida man on Twitter and his wife, Florida woman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I I feel good about the state of politics. I think there are a lot of states that, that could be teetering on, you know, flipping, you know, blue uh, down the road. Hopefully, uh, if, you know, there's a more... Um, uh, uh, if there's a greater push to, you know, in certain... Uh, 
uh, electorates uh, to try and educate folks on on you know not big issues but the little things the local things because you know all politics is local everybody says that Indeed. you know if, if hopefully some you know there there will be greater pushes to get people um, organized and and you know start building a better future from you know the dog catcher up you know yeah exactly and uh you know it's something that i've never brought up on the program before i will use that pronunciation for you sir um in our intro we have a quote from howard dean who says that it's not a matter of whether it'll happen it's a matter of when texas will turn blue um and it was not that long before i started the show that there was an article out that was showing the rate of the Latino population growing, uh, birthing rates versus who's hitting uh, voting age, uh, those who are getting legal status, those who are getting access to the to the ballot box, um, and even looking at the most conservative numbers by 2024, which when you think about it is not that far away, mm-hmm. Texas will only be leaning Republican, and that's under the most conservative of scenarios. So, you know, I I, I don't know what, what you think about that, but, you know, we, we look at Texas a lot of times, and, and even I as a Southerner look at Texas a lot of times and think, you know, you know, wow, that is a deeply conservative state. But mm-hmm. the only thing that stands between Texas and it becoming blue is uh, two presidential elections. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I uh, you know, there there's a lot of hope in Texas. There is a lot of help. I mean, you, when you see how well Wendy Davis did last time around mm-hmm. uh, for for governor, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, she had she had uh, the, the long knives coming out against her, you know, all those horrible remarks where they called her abortion Barbie. And, um, you know, so, I mean, there, there was just an out just a horrible smear campaign they went through her uh she wrote a book or biography or something and uh they were trashing her family life that you know she left her husband or something and you know i mean just just getting really really nasty so you know um texas is a fantastic state there are a lot of good people in texas but there are just a lot of bad republican politicians there Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of, of bad yokels who, you know, uh, and I, I, I have an anecdote uh, from um, when I used to, uh, an old job I worked at downtown was um, right on the, um, the rapid transit line. And a woman had come in uh, to, to buy a gift for a kid. And uh, she got off the train and she came up to me. And she, uh, you know, and I said, oh, hey, oh, oh, where are you from? You know, I caught her accent and I asked where she was from. She's, she said she was from Texas. And um, she's like, I didn't know Cleveland was so diverse. Oh, wow. And I was just like, yeah, it really is diverse. And I'm so glad it is. Absolutely. And I just, I just, you know, rang her up and got her out of there. I was like, uh, people coming from the airport, being racist. What are you doing? So, so yes, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just, uh, just saying indeed you can, you can go on ahead. I'm sorry. No, that, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, I know there are a lot of decent people in Texas, but there are a lot of yokels just like there are in Ohio. I mean, seriously, Ohio is, you know, I mean, 
you never, I mean, seriously, are we red or are we blue? We are purple. We, you know, I mean, any, I mean, I, I am scared to death what Ohio is going to do. Um, you know, and I would, I would rather know exactly what's going to happen coming out of my state in an election than be on that teeter-totter, mm -hmm. uh, wondering mm -hmm. if my state, are they going to vote for the side of the asshats or are they going to vote for the side of the angels? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was going to ask you a, a funny question as, as my last question, but since you brought that up, um, what, where do you, just from the people that you've talked to, the, the stuff that you've seen around Ohio, because you're much more familiar with it than we are, um, how, what do you think Ohio is going to do in the next presidential election? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Um, I, I, if uh, it, it, it's all going to boil down to who the who the Republican nominee is, mm -hmm. um, if I could, if I had any idea who that person was going to be, um, right now, I, I would probably have a better feeling. But uh, I fear if it's Donald Trump, yes, uh, we Ohio will go for Trump. There are a lot of dumb people in this state that love reality TV. Huh. Huh. That's kind of surprising. I was I was going to ask you if, if maybe Kasich would have a chance, but I know that, uh, from what I understand, his his approval rating in that state is fairly low. Oh yeah, he's he's like stink on ice out here right now. Nobody, you know, he he's not doing uh, in in his polling. You know, in the uh, the national polling is pretty pretty wretched too. Mm -hmm. I'd say his polling poll numbers were in the toilet, but that's offensive to toilets. <laughs> hey, waka waka. There you go. All right. We, we do not have a lot of time left, unfortunately, but I did want to give Janet an opportunity to ask you some questions if she has any before we start wrapping things up. Um, mainly, I just wanted to tell Kenny, um, thank you. I don't I haven't known you that long, just like a year or two, you know, and that was just through the chat and all of that. And I think that you're really good for for indie media to help Kim, you know, and to do what you're doing. And I appreciate the fact that you give everybody autonomy and um, you're very wise. And I just wanted to kind of give you that kudo. And also, I wanted to ask one question about Ohio. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> Was Kasich, and I just saw this briefly, I don't know if it's the truth or not. Did he really tell somebody they're going to cut Medicaid and? whatever and that they needed to get over it did he i believe he did yes, yes. I it, that just happened <laughs> so, oh wow okay well I, I i just thought i'd ask <laughs> and that song sure you hear that. that song you hear is his poll numbers dipping in the negatives <laughs> i think that's crickets adam <laughs> what tomato tomato <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. it's like one of those things that fly by on your Facebook page, and you went, "What? What? What did I just see?" Yeah, yeah. And then it refreshes, and you're like, "Damn it! No, what was that?" So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you have to scroll through a hundred things. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. It, thank you for for the kind words, Janet. Uh, you're you're a wonder as well. We we couldn't do what we do without you. So, uh, um, you know, again, this is this is a family. This is uh, you know, uh, uh. uh League of States, uh, you know, not nations, because, you know, we really don't have any foreign correspondents yet. But we're working on it. <laughs> Indeed. So. Like, I, like, I, like I said before, progressives don't die, we multiply. Mm-hmm. 
And we never forget. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> Just like the we're donkey. Not, we're oh, not wait, wrong. <laughs> Damn straight, we're going to blame Bush for what he did. <laughs> yes, we are. You bastards, how dare you blame us for, this, for what we did? <laughs> I just can't wait to to for you know if you know to the next time there's a Republican pre no no I'm saying I I I no I can wait for there to be a Republican president but in the event we do have a Republican president somewhere down down the line I'm looking forward to the day of saying you know oh just blaming Obama again oh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh you can't get over Obama it's no he's not president anymore. <laughs> I look forward to those troll days. Ah, yes, oh, it yeah. will be very fun, and it will be a true inspiration to all of us here at Indie Media Weekly. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have if that happens when that if that happens, I'm probably have to call my doctor say you have to open my doses on my high blood pressure medicine, man. <laughs> hey, mine, mine told me to go back to the gym. What are you doing? Go back to the gym. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are unfortunately hitting the top of the hour. This went by way too quickly. Um, first of all, uh, I, I'm going to let you say your fail, farewells first, Kenny, but um, I, I do want to thank you as well for everything that you do for all of us, um, for being sort of the father of our family here. Uh, I appreciate you. You are a incredible individual. And I admire you a lot. And I hope that one day I can be as good at this hosting thing as you are. Or at least half as good. That would be fine with me. Uh, so, uh, yes, thank you for all that. And, um, sir, I will allow you to say whatever you would like in farewell, to plug whatever you would like. And uh, the floor is yours. All right. I will make this quick. But as uh, you did mention earlier, we're starting Turn Up the Night an hour early on Tuesday. And it's going to be all reverse call-in. I did find out some slightly unfortunate news. And that is that I believe the debate actually starts at 8.30 now. Oh, no. So I thought I, I was assuming that, I was assuming that it was they were going to do like pre-debate stuff at 8.30. I think maybe we might just keep our eye on the television. And as soon as that first question is answered, we're going to have to sign off. So unfortunately, Adam in the Sioux might be cut from reverse call in. <laughs> you but I have bastard. A I have a feeling we might be able to uh, to squeeze you in uh, elsewhere on the program, but we'll talk about that uh, later. So, uh, but yeah, so so you know, the, the, there's a potential that uh, if if it is just a bunch of debate pre-debate fluff at eight thirty, then we'll keep going. But if the debate, the at, like I said, at the first question, we're going to say okay, bye bye, and uh, and wrap it up. And also, just a quick program programming note: uh, I got a couple special things for everybody on. Uh, the, the uh, sci-fi double feature tonight. Um, we've got a two-parter, uh, The Space Merchants from CBS Radio Workshop. Of course, that was a sci-fi story from the 50s written by Frederick Pohl in uh, Cyril M. Kornbluth. So uh, classic, classic sci-fi story. Parts one and two tonight and uh, of the, the Space Merchants. And tomorrow at 10.30 p.m. on uh, sci-fi double feature is uh, parts one and two, again, from the CBS Radio Workshop of Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. So I think that should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'll be listening tonight and probably poking in the chat over there as well. 
That sounds yeah. awesome. Thank you so much, Kenny. And thank you once again for being on for Southern Hospitality. No problem. All right. So our next farewell is going to go in reverse order. So we will go to Mr. Joey Word from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I want to thank y'all for letting me be on the show and being part of the IMW family. And uh, I'm going to do my best to, to, to hang in here with you guys, man. I love you all. Everybody in the chat room, everybody who's listening, love you all. Thanks. Yes, thank you so much, Joey. And now we move on to Mr. Adam Hebert. All right. Well, uh, this completely flew under my radar, guys. Uh, the 9th of October was the 20th anniversary of one of the greatest films of all time, The Princess Bride. So I think Saturday we're going to have to do something about that on Mike Check Radio. Uh, other than that, thanks for having me. Uh, nice talking to you as always, Kenny. And uh, I, I, I got nothing. Ditto. <laughs> and last but not least, Miss Janet Lee. Night, everybody. And thanks for the great show. Thank you, Kenny, for coming on. And night, Joe. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening, whether it's live or on our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Uh, join us here next week. As I said earlier, we are going to have Rob Poole, uh, the producer for Mike Check Radio on, and we are going to have a battle of the producers. So do not miss that. Of course, Southern Progressive Revival airs live on Indie Media Weekly from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, only here on Indie Media Weekly. So join us here in the chat, joining us uh on tune in via your streaming app whichever way you prefer uh but anyway we are signing off for the night i hope that you have a wonderful week ahead and i look forward to seeing you all next week for episode seven of southern progressive revival good night y'all i've got to let you go thank you so much i okay, appreciate that's it that's wonderful that, to yeah, see yeah, you yeah well yes yeah. uh-huh right yeah, great you come back and see me you hear good night mama good night ben Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Jamboy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. I'm gonna R U N N O F T.